Welcome to Talking About Parts, episode number 80. This is the second part of the live stream that I'm going to release as a podcast. If you want to see the whole live stream or listen to the whole live stream, head on over to the Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter Facebook page and find the video. You can find it under Talking Mopars Direct Connections Live number three. There you can listen or watch the whole show. This is just a little taste just to wet your beaks, okay? So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter. And this is Talking Mopars, Direct Connections, live. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Well, yeah. Schumacher is no more now. They were local to me. Now they're gone. Yeah. So um, I uh, does anybody know who I, I thought somebody told me who they got sold to, but I forget now. Um, but yeah, Schumacher, uh, uh, his business was for sale for a while. And a couple of people that I know tried to buy it, but it was just an astronomical price. So yeah. uh, I'm sure yeah. somebody huge in the game bottom. I don't know who. Yeah. Um, I know before it up like he had offerings for the gen 3 and um, like first and second generation dakotas mm-hmm. he had the a bodies a lot of stuff like that and uh just kind of all of a sudden he quit making them um mm-hmm. like they would have like out of stock on his website at first and then they just disappeared all together mm-hmm. so that's interesting yeah um, I don't know the entire story, but I, I've heard different things. But I, like I said, I know a couple of people that inquired about buying it, and I guess it was just priced crazy. So whoever bought it, unless they made a killer deal, <laughs> had some deep pockets. So, so we can we can uh, figure out what that what that's all about. But that's definitely interesting. I'm I'm curious to see how many, because that's what we need is we need more companies to get involved as far as mounts and headers and things like that, because then the prices mm-hmm. will come down for us and it won't be right. as crazy because right exactly. now it's still a little, it's still a little expensive right now. Um, but uh, I mean, unless you go to DIYHemi.com, all that stuff is very reasonably priced. So DIYHemi.com guys, Hemi swap the world. Um, let's, yeah. Um, I want to learn more about uh, your swap. I got some more questions for you later on, David. Let's bring Ramiro okay. on. He's been sitting there right. very patiently. Ramiro, are you ready, buddy? What's Everyone, up? how's it going? Good. How going, buddy. You're good. I, uh, I go by Johnny Mopar on Facebook. There's uh, Johnny Mopar. Oh, you should have put your name up there, man. I, w- I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking. All right. Well, we're going to call you Johnny Mopar, so. That works. <laughs> no, actually, I, uh, I quit social media like three or four years ago. And uh, I'd be guilty of trying to log into Facebook every now and then just to check out Mopars Unlimited yeah, sure. for deals and stuff. So I, I caved in and I made the account a little bit over a year ago. And as, a, as you can see, I'm a Johnny Cash fan. So that's where my Johnny Mopar comes from. <laughs> okay. Uh, nice. All right. So, but, but yeah, awesome. so I picked up that A12 in May of last year up in Northern California. I was in gold. Yeah. Yeah. See, it wasn't that so, long ago. I was no, like, no. Yeah. Nice score. Yeah. Cause uh, Bill. Bill was like talking to me about it and I'm like, I, I thought he was, t- and so was Chris and I thought they were talking about my cornet and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? He's just that A12 car over by my house. Cause I guess it's close to where Bill lives. Wait, was it and Bill I'm, Hader or? Uh, he, we call him Hemi Bill. Uh, yeah, Bill, 
Bill Hay. I think it's yeah, Bill, Bill Hay. Yeah, Hayes. Yeah, I yeah. talked to him a couple of times. So he sent me some pictures of the car. I guess he had tried yeah. buying it for the longest time. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, he, had, he had some cool picture of the car sitting next to a chicken coop, like a legit <laughs> chicken coop yeah. next to the goats and everything. So, you know, I was I was uh, really lucky. That's uh, Those are some stand-up sellers. Uh, there's not too many of them around. I was number four in line for that car. The wow. people ahead of me, when they got there, they tried to lowball them. So as an eight thousand, yeah, as of eight thousand, I know, right? Eight thousand dollar eight twelve. They tried to lowball them. That's a Mopar hunter move. Yes. You go yes. up there like I'll what? give you fifteen hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh so, bad moves. <laughs> so I was telling, I was talking to the son. Uh, his name was Hunter. Really, really cool kid. And I've stayed in touch with the family, but a uh, really cool people. And I told him, I go. I'm interested. I want the car. My, my preference was a four-speed, but at that point, I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna be yeah. picky. Yeah. So he said, "Well, he goes. There's a couple of people ahead of you. I'll let you know if it fell through." Well, sure enough, it fell through. But he said to me, "Look, he goes, we're really firm on the 8,000." And I said, "Dude, I go. I'll I'll wire you the money right now. I'll yeah. pay for it. Set unseen. Wow. Just like send me a picture of your license or something, just so that I know I got some recourse in case something bad happens." Right. He had uh, sent me videos of the car underneath. Very solid car. I mean, the ass stand is a little bit rough. The trunk needs to be replaced. Quarter panels, a lot of the basic stuff. But overall, the car was very, very solid. Wow. So I got really, really lucky. No build sheet. The numbers drivetrain was long gone. Does it got the tag? Yep. Does have uh -huh. the tag. That's all you need nice. at that point. It's like, yeah. hey, I got yeah. the tag. <laughs> yeah. That, oh. So uh, I drove to probably. Vegas, flew up to Washington. I'm from the Northwest originally. So my dad oh. and I, we drove down, picked it up. Uh, we made a fun weekend out of it, took it back home, and um, yeah, it's been sitting in the garage. I've been collecting parts for it ever since. Where, so nice. where do you where do you live, Johnny? Well, I live in Vegas. Well, okay. I've been I've been bouncing back and forth between Vegas and LA the last ten years. Okay, but I'm actually going to be relocating to Cincinnati next month. But oh. my dad is in Central Washington, so that's oh. where we keep all of our Mopars at. Uh, Ellen Ellensburg, yeah, come on, where are you at? Moses Lake. Moses Lake. My mom used to live in Moses Lake. I spent a lot of time there as a kid. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. yeah that's crazy. Awesome. Lake. So. Chris is going to oh. need the address, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. An A12 for eight grand. Uh, yeah. What is it? 90. Yeah. Right off I 90. Yep. Right off I 90. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. I was what, supposed what to drive red, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, own. originally, originally it's R four red, but it was okay. painted kind of like Ted's or Tad's. It's that white two Sunfire yellow. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was painted back in the early yeah. '80s. But uh, yeah, original R four red, column shift auto, no vinyl top, black stripe. Cool, so, awesome. That's a really cool car. A twelve car, man. Uh, eight grand, dude. I I almost paid double that for my friggin' truck. I'm pissed. I'm you pissed. Know, I'm not. <laughs> like, I thought it was a scam at first. I really yeah. did. And so did a lot of other people. There's a lot of it's people. The, and that's why you have it and they don't because you're like, eh, I'm going to take a chance. And you took a chance and look at you now. You got an A12. You know? yeah. When we got there to pick up the car, the the owner and his wife, they both told me that the people that came were lowballing them. And they literally wanted the car for like three or 4000 I think I think wow. maybe five. It was probably a Mopar Hunter listener. It was like, well, Chris <laughs> told me I got to lowball the guy. Always. <laughs> Man, you can't even find a solid coronet for five grand you know what i mean let yeah. it alone an a12 i would have bought an a12 shell as long as it's got the tag that's all i care about you yep. know what i mean everything as far as the engine and stuff if you had all that shit together yep. you're talking quadruple the price you know what yep. i mean god what a, did it have the it had the hood did it have the hood 
It didn't know. And okay. I've, messed up, I've messed up. That hood has been a hell of a story. So I've bought three hoods so far. Oh, no. <laughs> They've all been wrong. Oh, no. so I, wow. the, the second one I got was a lightweight hood. So it fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's really thin. It's, it's, uh, I guess it's a racing hood, but okay. it's thinner than the traditional fiberglass hood. It fits nice. I like it, but I found one on pictures, looked survivorish, and it matched the rest of the patina on the car. I just want to drive the thing before I do the restoration. So I was looking yeah. for a hood that would match the rest of the body. So I got a story on one of those hoods. There's this guy that I met through a friend, and he said he was driving down the freaking freeway. And what does he see on the side of the freaking freeway? One of those A12 hoods. You're shitting there. me. I am not <laughs> shitting you. Like it must have been on some guy's car trailer or something, and the pins weren't in, and the hood just sucked off, and the guy never knew. So he recognized it. He pulled over and he grabbed it. But he said those hoods, they're like as they're they're about as heavy, if not heavier, than a damn steel hood because they are so <laughs> they have a lot of thickness in them. They're reinforced yep. real heavily. Yeah. So what are the odds? <laughs> yeah. I uh if I saw a A12 hood on the side of the road <laughs> let me tell you how quick I would get in an accident <laughs> you know what I mean right oh shit like my eyes I would think that my eyes were just, like I've been doing this Mopar shit for too long <laughs> like I'm starting yeah. to see crazy shit on the side of the... that's insane wow yeah. well no, I mean the the third hood I got it looks right but I think what had happened was you know those pictures you see where everybody's car turns into a shelf and it's just stacking stuff in the garage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So well, I think, my garage. I think this one, <laughs> I think this one, somebody was stacking stuff on the on the two snorkels because oh. they've literally compressed. So there's a dip where the snorkel connects the hood and it dips a little bit. So the snorkel uh. has a little bit of a downward angle. Mm. I didn't notice it in the pictures. And when I got it, it kind of I kind of noticed it. But then I put it on the car about a month ago and I was like, Jesus, that doesn't look right. Mm. And sure enough, it's caved in. So strike number three right there. So I might just bite the bullet and get one from year one or AAR. Sure. But it'll make good uh, garage art. Yeah, yeah, you got a collection yeah. of A12 hoods. You might have the <laughs> right, biggest yeah. collection of A12 hoods hey, on the planet. That's crazy. You need to get rid of them. Just throw them on the side of the freeway as you're right? driving. <laughs> <laughs> when you're it, in Washington, it, Chris will it, Yes, up. yes. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I was, I was uh, home about a month ago visiting family before the move, and I lucked out. There was a farmer. Him and his wife, they had a bunch of GTXs, and they had just done a resto mod to a 67, and they put in a 5.7, and I think it was twin-turboed. They put a T56 transmission in it, and you have this beautiful, freshly restored, original drivetrain from the, the, the GTX. You have the 18-spine, you have the 440, but it's been pulled out of the car and sitting in a shop for about six, seven years. So I got the interior of their seats, because I replaced them with uh, Viper seats brand new white beautiful seats i got the back seats i got the tranny the drive to the the drive line the cross member the engine the clutch the flywheel the wow. shift everything wow for 4500 bucks ah yeah nice so <laughs> so i'm hoping to get that in the a12 just to get it running uh, mm-hmm. my dad has a six-pack set up so i just want to get the car on the road sooner than later uh, yeah, I was hoping nice. to start the restoration this spring, but it's not looking to pan out. The body shop I was working with, they, they're falling behind, and I don't, I don't think they're going to want to take on this car anytime soon. So it may get pushed back another year. So in the meantime, we're just going to drive and have fun with it. How crazy are you, you going to get rid of my house and I'll, I'll work on it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How crazy are you going to get with the restoration? Are you going like all in on it, or are you just trying to get it back on the road looking good? 
I just want it to look right. I mean, yeah. I, and as bad as it sounds, I'm thinking about even making it a four speed. It's originally a column shift automatic. Mm. Oh. A, lot people, a lot of people say not to. And don't I'm, do it. <laughs> I'm, on the, I'm on the fence, but I mean, I don't know. It, just to get it driving, I'll probably just make an automatic and have fun with it. I'll probably paint it the right color. Yeah. It had uh, fender wall headers, so I'll replace the uh, inner fender walls, but wow. that's about it. I'm not going to do a nut and bolt restoration. It's not numbers matching, so. At that point, I would say do a four-speed swap. I'm, I'm totally disagreeing I, I, with Johnny right now. Do a four speed. I agree, too. I'd four-speed it just because, Why not? like you said, the, the original stuff's gone, and you bought it cheap enough. Yeah. You're into it for twelve grand right now, whatever, or whatever mm -hmm. you said. But no, I'm actually the, the the title. Another thing, when I bought the car, I didn't have a title, so that uh, was a hell of a story getting a title on that car. Tell so, us, let's hear uh, it. Have you guys <laughs> ever heard of the uh, Vermont title glitch? No. Uh -uh. All right. So here's the thing: you do you do not have to be a legal resident of Vermont to register your vehicle in Vermont. In the state of Vermont, they do not title any vehicle over fifteen years old. So if you were to buy a car without a title, so long as you have a bill of sale, if you mail a copy of the bill of sale and you fill out their form and you pay their uh, tax rate, they'll mail you an in-state registration, which the flip side has a bill of sale. So it's a state-sanctioned legal bill of sale. You take that to your home state and sell it to a friend or your father or your brother, sister, whatever. States recognize the Vermont registration as a legal title. So I went through that process, got the Vermont registration, took it up to Washington. I sold the car to my dad. It's in his name now, but at least we got a title out of it. I mean, I, in California, you don't, I don't think you have to go through that much hassle. As long as you have a bill of sale, I've, I've gotten tons of cars with no title on them. If you just have a bill of sale, as long as you have a bill of sale, you could go in, you could get it uh, titled, but they have to do a VIN verification. So you got to bring the car in and then they got to check the VIN on it, but then you can get a fresh pink slip or title to the car. Yeah, I wasn't going to do that, but I, I had two obstacles. One, I primarily lived in Vegas, so I had a Nevada license. And okay. this was during the middle of the COVID pandemic, so the DMVs were backed up to, to no end, and I had to get okay. the car back up to Washington. Okay. okay. But for those that don't know, look into the Vermont title issue, and it's very helpful to legalize, legally put a car in your name if you can't find a title for it. Nice. Cool. cool. So, well, like what Johnny said, I think Kansas is the same way. Um, got that 68 charger out of Kansas back in December. And the only thing they had to do was, was put an engine in it because it was a roller. Right. Just put an engine to it and it, take it to the DOT or DMV, whatever you guys call it. And they were like, yeah, okay. And then they put a title on it. Do so, and you, does the team remember, do you guys remember that silver A12 Roadrunner that was on eBay about three weeks ago? I didn't see yeah. it. Right. Well, that one originally came out of Tennessee. I almost got that car about a year and a half ago. It was on Facebook Marketplace. It was it was rough. It was a rough car, but same thing. It didn't have a title. So the guy that bought that, he was from Kansas, and he did that same thing that Bud was talking about. You have to get the a period correct engine and a couple of documents. And in Kansas, it's also easy to get a title for a car. How much did yeah. that one go for? Uh, he bought the car, I believe, for... 11 to 13 somewhere in there when i last spoke with john the original seller that he was asking 15 but i had gotten him down to about 12 or 13. i was turned off by the title because i hadn't heard of the of the vermont trick yeah. at that point but he ended up picking up the car and it was on ebay and i think the highest it got to was about maybe 18 a couple weeks ago wow wow Super yeah, rough. I mean, 
you don't even need an engine in a in a car here in California. It this it kind of blows me away because I always think California is the worst state when it comes <laughs> yeah. to this stuff, you know. And then you hear all these horror stories of you know guys in other states, and it's like, yeah, I don't. I can bring as long as I have a car and it's got a VIN on it. It doesn't need an engine, trans doesn't need to run. I could bring it in on a trailer, and as long as I have a bill of sale, then I'm good. You can get a new title for it. Wow. So, so yeah, here you gotta get it. It's not a state assigned title, Johnny. I'm sorry. It's not a state assigned VIN number. Uh, it, no, not, no not, it's not a state. It's from the factory. Whatever's yeah. on the the VIN on the car, that's what goes wow. on the title. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we don't get the same way. We just really? uh, you have to have uh, like a, a notarized bill of sale. Everything has to be notarized here. So yeah, you know, I know like Texas doesn't. You don't have to do notarization. But you have a notarized bill of sale. You fill out an affidavit uh, stating that you belong to a car club. And uh, it's uh, one more thing, but it takes about a week to get a title. And it's completely legitimate with the, I did two cars that way. I had a 73 Cuda. It was real low. It was like the first day of 73 production. I got it out of Atlanta. And Atlanta, Georgia is also no titles on cars older than I think 20 years or something. Um, and that same thing, I just had to have a notarized affidavit, bill of sale, and it went through no problem. We, we don't even need notary. I, there's there's some documentation you do have to get it notarized, but as long as you have a bill of sale, then you don't. And my buddy Dennis McKay, he just made a comment because we just did that on my duster. So he yeah, he didn't have to just had a bill of sale and boom, the car's magic awesome. back to life and got a title to it. So yeah, I just assumed California would have been one of the uh, more difficult states to get a title yeah. in. But that's I, you would think, think, you would yeah. think, but no, it's pretty, it's pretty simple here. I've bought a lot of cars with no titles to them. It's pretty, pretty easy. As long as you have a bill of sale to it and as long as you have a VIN. I had one time I bought a, uh, uh, this car was shit. What was the name of that show? It was a History Channel show. Uh, shit, I can't think of the name of it now. It's those those. Do you ever see those guys, the Turbo Twins, and they would do like a build off two identical cars? They bring in two guys on each side. Anyway, this one was with cop cars, and I had bought this Plymouth Fury that was on that show, and two of the VIN numbers were superimposed. It was, I was like, oh man, you know, oh, no. <laughs> so the, the pinks the, or the title didn't match what was actually on the car, but mm-hmm. it, it was easy. I just took the car into DMV and then they came and I told them, you know, it's just those two digits are backwards is all. And they did the VIN verification and got it corrected and done, done deal. So for, for a split second, I thought you meant that the VIN on the car didn't match the title like completely. <laughs> I was oh, like, no. California let you get away with that? I was like, yeah, wow, no. <laughs> I'm moving to California just for that alone because I've been well, screwed on a couple cars like that. Yeah, well, I mean, there's probably another Plymouth Fury out there, right? With the, the, <laughs> the VIN number that I had on the title. It's like, how do you know, you know, but they didn't question it. They just, I mean, it seemed pretty obvious. It's like, here's the car and here's the title and it's these two <laughs> digits are off. So yeah, mm-hmm. they, they let it fly. Wow. Crazy cool. dude. Hey Chris, a uh, quick question for you, man. If you're taking What's any up, questions. Yeah. Go for uh, it. What kind of interest do you get from the community with respects to the Dodge stealth? 
Have you talked about that one yet? Nobody. I haven't talked about it on my podcast, but it is. I have a list. I have the longest list of potential topics. And one of them was talking about Mitsubishi and Chrysler and how they did such weird things and how you had the Eagle Talon and that whole air, that whole era of the Mitsubishi Chrysler, the Mitsubishi Chrysler era is just, it's crazy to me. And I, I think it's a really fun topic and I really want to get into it because I am a huge fan of not only, I thought the stealth was awesome when it first came out, but I've always been a fan of the Mitsubishi Starion and the Chrysler Conquest. I think those cars yes. are really cool. And I love seeing a V8 swap. I wish more people swapped Hemis in them. I think that would be really cool. If I ever get a chance to buy myself a Chrysler Conquest, the first person I'll be calling aside from Johnny to brag that I bought it for a dollar or something crazy. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably Blake to be like, Hey buddy, I got something for you. That's uh, awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. The, so no, there's you know, two guys with uh, stealth, like tubular race cars, like uh, stealth body on a tubular chassis. And they're really neat. Um, so I thought that that's pretty cool that, you know, there are some people out there that really do appreciate them. And that's, mm. that's pretty cool. Another thing, do you guys remember that horrible, 90s tv show uh it was like a remake of smoking the bandit and a stealth was the the car that he drove yeah you remember that? i don't remember this was it walker because walker's partner had one no no this no, was, it was it was called like uh, bandit jr or something wasn't it or? Yeah, it was back in the day when they used to have like okay you know how they have like uh was it power block tv yeah. It's it's on it's on Motor Trend now, but it used to be on uh, Tennessee Na- uh, TNN Tennessee Nashville yeah, TNN. TNN right. Yeah. So yep, it was a TNN show, and it was in the <laughs> '90s, like mid '90s, and this guy was supposed to be Bandit, but he drove a black Stealth RT. That was the the big car. Wow, I've never heard of that. That's going to be a segment on the show. That's amazing. <laughs> well, didn't didn't John Schneider just make a a new kind of version of the bandit but with a challenger or something like yeah. that i haven't seen the movie but i've heard oh, about it's, it it's, so he's down here in louisiana <laughs> he has his studio down here it's an old converted uh boy scout camp okay um that is very interesting so yeah it's like uh you've know, seen early, it it's the earlier i haven't seen the movie uh okay he, he he advertises it heavily down here um and uh, so he sells it on DVD, which I'm just like, who, who does that anymore? <laughs> it's it's kind of like you, you're going into the gas station and, you know, the wrong part of town and they're trying to sell you their, their rap CD or their, yeah. their cool CD or, or whatever. I, if it was a VHS tape, I would be impressed. Oh, my God. So, yeah. he, look, poor thing. He's trying. So uh, Schneider's trying. Um, so he's like peddling this this remake it's i think it's called stand on it that's the name of the movie okay and um so he took uh like a i don't know like a 2010 ish challenger and he literally cut t-tops in it and decked it out like the trans am smoking the bandit and And he jumped it it, right he jumped it he jumped it um but it's just funny because you could from the screenshots, you could tell like the fabrication quality on this challenge. Oh no! <laughs> um, so oh. it's interesting. He he's been peddling it a lot. I mean, he seems like a super cool guy, you know. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's funny I like because I, I don't know. I mean, it's, he's Bo Duke, so he he's got to be. Yeah, 
cool. It's still cool. Yeah. Real quick, Blake. That show was called Bandit. It was a made-for-TV movie in 1994. It was a twin turbo RT stealth. Okay. All right. That's what it was. The amount of sacrilege that we've just talked about <laughs> is unbelievable. <laughs> that is insane. Wow. That's that's cool. Um now now I'm starting to think about Dodge Stealth and how much as a kid I really thought they were awesome just I because th- the stealth really like the cro- the Dodge crosshairs like I don't know. The, I think they uh, that car had a lot of potential and I just as much as I really I'm disappointed that they used so much Mitsubishi technology because, you know, looking at some of those cars like the the Conquest, it's like, why didn't they just put a 318 or a 360 in the damn thing? You know what I mean? Um, Gosh, that same goes with the Daytona. I'm getting ready to do some um, episodes on the front wheel drive turbo Mopar stuff. And it bothers me so much that that Daytona was front wheel drive. And I understand the K car stuff, but God, it would have been so much cooler. V8 rear wheel drive. So Uh, much cooler. Agreed. Um, Chris, you know, went deeper than just those cars. Uh, the second gen Ram, you know, we're talking about like the 94 through what 2002 era Ram. Yeah. Off the hood on those, they had a ton of Mitsubishi parts. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Wow. You can look at some sensors. There were a couple pieces of like plastics and trims, a couple of things um in those second gen rams that had they were mitsubishi they you pop the hood and you'd read mitsubishi so it's pretty wow Wow. (laughs) that yeah that's crazy i know they did a lot of the mini truck stuff i know a lot of that stuff was mitsubishi um the the d50 the the, was the same as a mighty max or something like that yeah and the thing is is like they don't really bother me bother me but every time i see one of the mitsubishi uh, Mopars is what I like to call them. Um, every time I see one with a V8 swap, I'm like, all right, that's better. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen, I've seen a couple D50s with uh, 440 big blocks, and I'm just like, that's insane. <laughs> they're, that's they're crazy. Great. But uh, yeah, the Stealth, gosh, it would have so cool with a V8 in that thing. I, I, I always think about this, too. I wish that the Hemi had come back way before 2003 because there was a lot of potential with the Prowl. I know a lot of people hate Prowlers. I mm-hmm. think if I think if the Prowler didn't exist when it came out, and I think if the Prowler came out today with the Hemi in it, I think the whole oh, game yeah. would have been changed. I think people would have accepted it with open arms. I think they would have been like, that's awesome. That's what the future cars were supposed to look like, and they were yeah. supposed to be. But you look at a Prowler. Uh, I, I actually saw one the other day, and they to me, I think they look awesome. It's yeah. just... Everything inside, you look inside it and you're like, oh gosh, they kind of missed the mark. I mean, they were trying really hard, but I think they missed the mark on those cars as far as drivetrain and stuff. Interesting note, down in Blake's neck of the woods, down in the south, there is um, the National Club for Stealth and VR4, that's 3SI.org. There's a member called VR440. What what do you think he put in his VR4? Oh, now I got to look that up gonna have yep. to look so, that up yeah, <laughs> it works he, he made a fit and that car kicks ass so really? I, I think it can be done with the stealth but uh yeah he goes by vr 440 so wait now a vr4 is all-wheel drive so you're saying it's an all-wheel drive 440 no he, he removed the original drivetrain and oh. but he put a vr4 uh, he put the uh, 440 and i believe he has either a power glide or a 727 in there okay because they VR four oh wow no 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 he, that he, he, he got it, he got it the original stuff and put the uh, gotcha. aftermarket Chrysler 
I'm gonna have to hunt that guy down because I've been on this rampage of trying to find people with crazy, either cars that have been motor swapped from Mopar stuff or mm-hmm. vice versa. And one guy that I'm really excited that I've been talking to recently is the guy with the Hell National. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna get him on the show. I want to talk to him because I think it's. I, I was telling him I was like, uh, you know, when it comes to Hemi swap stuff, I think that's one of the cooler ones I've run across lately. As far as like something yeah. different with the Hemi in it, I I just thought it was like, who in their right mind? <laughs> would swap out a grand national turbo v6 for a hemi only somebody cool so he's got to come on the show and i got to talk to him about it because that's my kind of people yeah exactly um that's i i think that's going to be a big thing in years to come i think swapping hemis and crazy shit is going to be off the wall so i know it's not as crazy but i just saw on instagram last week a guy's hellcat swapping the amx a 69 amx cool oh wow that would be cool yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be a cool one. But I can't remember his username, so I gotta try to find it again. The Ring Brothers did a javelin, didn't they? Didn't they put a Hellcat in a javelin for SEMA a couple years ago or something? Yeah, the, the Presto one. The, the Presto, yes, yes, that one. Yeah, that was a that was a cool one. Yeah. Um, here's here's a car. I don't know if I've mentioned to any of you guys this. This is gonna sound crazy, but I think it would be funny. A Fiero with a rear engine Hemi. Okay, <laughs> you want to get crazy? Let's get crazy. I mean, you know, I, I I don't know if it's possible, but if it is, I'd like to see it. <laughs> Chris, you don't want to get my ears go back in time. Oh yes, oh yes, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> I want to see the craziest shit with Hemi's in it. That's what I want to see. Agree. Uh, hey, agree. so I, I got something to tell you. You were talking about Schumacher. Um, I wasn't sure if I could say anything. My my buddy Chris Field, who is the guy that runs Motec, owns Motec, he's buying Schumacher. Oh wow! Yeah. So, really? Yeah, yeah. Kind of a small world, huh? It's pretty crazy. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. When you were talking about it, I was texting. He just he just came over today to borrow my scales, and uh, he was talking about it, and. Uh, I was like, man, I don't know if I could say anything because it's. I think they're still in the process of doing the buy, you know, yeah. selling and whatnot. So, so yeah. So maybe if uh, you know Blake needs some motor mounts or certain things, maybe we can hook That's you guys awesome. up and huh. make A-body some stuff. Motor mounts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, body motor mounts. A-body I had a motor mounts. in two. <laughs> Emmy swap mounts for early B body. I think it's like uh, Gen two Hemi into like say like a sixty four sixty five B body. Uh, I picked them up at a swap meet, and um, the guy was like, "Oh, they're Hemi swap mounts." I'm like, "Oh, sweet, you know, B body, E body, got to be close." Well, when I got them home, I was like, "Oh, wrong year, you know, it doesn't fit." Yeah, and yeah the I, early stuff's different. Yeah, I remember looking at them and thinking like these are really robust. Like they were really made. They were well made. That's good. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, their stuff is really good. I mean, I bought a torque strap from them not too long ago and it it took forever to get it. Uh I think I think they have some family health issues going on and they're mm-hmm. backlogged with parts or something like that, but the quality of their stuff has always been pretty top notch. I'm I'm I've always been happy with the stuff I've ordered from them. I've ordered motor mounts from them before. My dusters got their uh their motor mounts for the the spool mount to put mm-hmm. a 440 and in, in an a body so yeah it's it's you know it sounds like the type of um investment that would be 
great for advertising on talking mopars so chris if you're yeah. listening to this buddy, he just made a he just posted a little square i don't know I, what it means i i, I, I i'm ready just let me know it's good deals dude i've got plenty of ad space so just want to <laughs> let a guy know <laughs> so so chris i will say this you know you might be helping him out because when i remember schumacher from back then mopar nats days when i used to go they used to have this really cheesy little stapled binder of laminated pictures of their swap mounts and that's what they would show people and like they were as low tech as low tech could be back in the day <laughs> and i know their website was deliciously 90s or 2000s <laughs> so uh you know a little, little bit of promotion there i think would work out well okay i i think so too um it's funny because when i did order uh schumacher mounts and um the headers off their website that they had i think they had tti make them but for my a body my dart when i had it to do the big block swap and uh when i got the star i remember i ordered it and i was like oh cool free t-shirt and i didn't get the free t-shirt i was so mad about that i had to reach out and be like hey man uh hey, do you see his comment right now Free t -shirt. Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> i did get the t-shirt and it was cool because it said size does matter or something like that and on the back it said hemiswaps.com i was like all right cool <laughs> Or engineswaps.com is what it said. Um, yeah, cool. I'm I'm looking forward to see what's up with that, man. That's that's really fun. Um, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, Johnny knows everybody. Yeah, good man. Mister, my old cars on roadkill. Mister, oh, I know who bought Schumacher. God, Mister, oh, Fryburger wants to. I've got Fryburger's heads. Okay, Johnny, you get it. You're a superstar. All right. Yeah. He tries to throw me a bone, like, yeah, my YouTube subscribers went up after I was on Talking Mopars. Okay, Johnny, maybe my subscribers went up since you got on Talking Mopars, dude. <laughs> oh, fun maybe, stuff, man. Maybe all three, 370 of them went over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's uh, that's really cool. I, I'm excited because I was really worried, like what Blake was talking about. I started seeing all the out of stock because I was looking for some other stuff to get, and yeah. I was kind of bummed. I was like, oh no, you know, another one yeah. bites the dust. And um, because I had talked to a couple of people and I was like, have you tried just licensing the stuff? Because maybe if the guy's price is too crazy on um, the business, maybe you can just get, you know, the licensing rights to the parts. But um, apparently someone worked that out. So congratulations, Chris. I look forward to seeing what happens with uh, awesome. with uh, that stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You made another comment there. Don't worry. The brand will get a refresh. Yeah, That's I mean, awesome. it's good to awesome. see that it's not going to go away because – I mean, when I whenever I think of engine swaps, it's like Schumacher is pretty much the top of the list. You know, they make yeah, so many yeah. different motor mount swaps, engines and anything, you know, no matter which way you want to go. So, so cool. yeah, they really did. It was, and it was a, a very, very much a quality part. I didn't see anything yeah. from them that was kind of like, oh, man, they really skimped on this one. You know, yeah. you could feel it. You know, it's very heavy duty, very quality. Yeah, I think like like you said, I mean, you get the when you get the instructions, the instructions weren't bad. It was just like, but it was black and white. And it was like a copy of a copy of a copy yeah. you know, and it was kind of grainy and stuff. Yeah. It's like, Man, I mean, I think with a little bit of a little extra effort on that side of things, I think mm -hmm. you can they can really well, I think Chris can take it over the top. Yeah, the thing is videos. I mean, you know, video, the installation of you know, people really enjoy that that level of detail. You know, yeah. Um, outside of, I, I've had stuff. Uh, I think I had a 
had a vintage air kit that uh, I did here recently, and and I'm just looking at. I can't even make out what the picture is because, like you said, it's a copy of a copy of a copy, and it's like, yeah, this is horrible, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, I think too. I mean, now because YouTube is so you know a staple to everything, like I could tell you the motor, the Schumacher mounts I put in my duster. Um, what I didn't know, I thought it was you just slap these motor mounts on and you're good to go. I had my K-member powder coated and everything, and then I get the instructions and I'm going through there and I'm like, shit, man, I got to cut the hell out of my K-member to put get these motor mounts to work. And it's not so much that, you know, I'm complaining that, that I had to do that. It's just I wish I had – I had if there was a video I had – it watched ahead of time i could have did all of that fabrication stuff long before you know getting the k-member powder coated so i think in today's day and age it's like there's a lot more opportunity to basically kind of pave the path for somebody i it goes a long way when somebody can watch a video and go okay yeah i know i gotta cut this i gotta tweak that this bolts in here i buy this part and bam i'm good to go i think i think you'll be miles ahead of the competition if you could do that yeah i actually have a question for david um yes, sir. david what about the hemi swap attracted you to do it to your car you said that uh blake and i talking about it did it what what really pushed you over the it edge was... i'm curious what's getting people to make that decision well for me like it says when i bought the car i didn't have a motor mm -hmm. and it was a 318 car so i thought well I want to go bigger, you know, so I'll do a 360. Then I heard you guys talking about doing a Hemi swap and then kind of looking into it going like, well, the Hemi basically will bolt up to the LA or the small block bell housing. You can use your transmission. So there's a, not a lot of things that you need to change. You just change the motor, obviously new mounts and, and headers, exhaust system. So that's the thing that that really got me thinking about, like, yeah, I think this is really the way that you need to go because you don't have to change a lot of things, hmm. you know? Yeah. You know I what I'm saying? Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. It, totally, it totally makes sense. I think, you know, yeah. I, I know when you go from a small block to a big block, it's like, you know, it, everything. everything changes. If you have a... Yeah. 318-904 car, and then you put a 727 in. It's longer. You got to right. you got to go with a shorter drive shaft, and then yep. it's just like this cascading of you know things. One thing changes another thing, and changes another thing, and then next thing you know, you got this completely you know custom modified car that it's like God, you got to tweak everything on it. This is why you know Matt's not here, so I can't hurt his feelings, I guess, but. Uh, you know, this is what this is one of the things I bitch about with A bodies. It's like putting a big block in a in an A body is it's it's a lot of work. I mean, it, right. it changes everything. You got to build the car from the ground up, basically. Um, and I've talked to my coffee about it in the past, or and a lot of guys online have thrown that question out there. You know, yeah. wh what are the thoughts on building an A body versus like a B body or or anything really? And the B body is just so much easier because most of them have an eight and three quarter in them already you know so they can handle some decent power uh 
you still got to do some modifications, but it's like the car is so much bigger, an e-body the same way. It's you got so much more room. It's easy to to swap to a big block in those cars, but a bodies they're just so freaking tight, and it it changes everything. Everything in the car changes, so it's a ground up if you do a, a swap like that. Which I'll yeah. never do another one. You know, <laughs> from here on out, it's like stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, and the thing is, my philosophy on the on this build is I want to keep it much Mopar as as a as I can. Yeah. Everything Mopar. I'm I'm going with drum brakes in the back. Now, I originally had the the ten inch with the inch and three quarter. I found the backing plates, and so I'm going to go with the the two and a half shoes on it. I'm going to upgrade to the disc brakes at the front. So I bought spindles and and the, the caliper bracket, you know, for that. So that's what I want to do with this car because I don't want it to be so oddball. And, you know, the thing is, uh, I kind of make fun of the guys that do the Willwood stuff, you know, like, ooh, I got to have Willwood brake shoes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the Mopar brake shoes, calipers are as good, or even, especially if you get the old pin calipers. I mean, they got a cylinder on them that's like about almost four inches in diameter. Yeah. So, yeah. this is much clamp pressure, old school, you know, brake shoe then you do a, a, a modern wheelwood with like that's got like 20,000 pistons in them you know and I, I'm not so. saying I'm gonna do this I'm not doing a hemi swap in an a body but <laughs> I, I I could see the attraction I, I don't know if this was part of your calculation David but you know if what's nice is if you can drop a gen 3 hemi in and pretty much leave the rest of the car you know, reusing your transmission, your drive shaft, yeah. your rear end and all this stuff. And it's like you can transplant that in there yeah. and that could be one phase. If there's if you wanted to upgrade later, like maybe the next phase, you're you're enjoying the car, you're driving yeah. it around, you're having fun with mm -hmm. it. You, you got it going in a short period of time. It didn't cost you a ton of money. And then maybe phase two two or three years from now is to put in, you know, uh, a modern transmission, or maybe it's an eight and three quarter, right. or maybe, you know, you can kind of break it up into phases that that's yeah. kind of the nice thing about yeah. putting it in place of say a small block Mopar. Yeah. So, I mean, the only real modification that I've done is I've, I've put the uh, spring relocation kit in mm. because I wanted to mini tub it. And you can, on those a bodies, you have to do both. You can't do a spring relocate. Or I'm say you can't just do a, a mini tub without doing the spring relocate because you're not doing anything. Yeah. So right. that's the only thing that I'm really doing is modification and just fixing all the dented up sheet metal and replacing the rusty stuff, the rusty and crusty. And uh, I'm just going to go with stock interior. The dash pod is going to be a little different. I'm just I'm going to go with Dakota digital gauges on there. Um, oh, it's all okay. Play. I'm gonna plug another friend. Okay, Dustin. This guy. Dust. <laughs> no, I, have, I have a YouTube buddy that is is doing a bunch of stuff to a duster. It's called Dustin Bust. You look up his channel on YouTube, Dustin okay. Bust. Uh, he's doing a small block, but uh, man, he he's taking this car completely apart. So if you're working on a duster and he's doing stuff like that, I don't know if he's doing the Dakota gauges. I think he did a different brand, but. Um, 
it's worth watching just to see the things he runs into and maybe pick up some tips or something, you know? Yeah, dust and bust. Yeah. Yeah, mine was completely blown apart when I got it. So, unfortunately, I had all the stainless trim and everything. I was just so fortunate that that stuff was there. Yeah. I had to buy one interior piece that went above the uh, the back panel, that little stainless trim piece. Mm-hmm. But everything else was there. I mean, all the window trims and everything. So See, in my day, in the 90s, man, you... <laughs> There would be three or four of those things in a junkyard you can you can get a body parts pretty pretty readily you know yeah b bodies were gone e bodies were gone yeah um but nowadays it's like the a bodies are like the b bodies and e bodies were they're just sort of dried up you know you damn near got to get a parts car to get all the pieces you need if you're missing some parts i actually got my parts from wildcat uh wildcat mopar out of Southern oh, wow. oregon Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because kind of I'm originally from Oregon. I'm from oh, the Northwest, okay. the rainy Northwest. So I got to I, I got to ask a lot you. Of time in Seattle, there, Chris. I got to ask you, David. I really want to move to Texas. I am trying. I, I, I hope my wife is in the chat right now, and she's like just yeah. laying low because she likes to spy on me. Um, <laughs> I really want to move to Texas. What's that move like? Is it worth it? Should I do it? Um, I I love Iowa. Texas. I've been down here for for uh, six years. <laughs> Whereabouts in Texas are you? I live in Arlington. Okay. So where's, like, where's I'm that 10 at? Minute, I'm ten minutes from Summit Racing, which is okay. really dangerous. Is that kind of like? <laughs> is that kind of central north or is it? Yeah, uh, it's north. It's north Texas. Okay. It's like I've heard a lot Dallas, of good It's like just outside of Dallas Metroplex, right? Yeah, it's like Arlington is like halfway between Dallas and, and Fort Worth. Yeah. So. I, I hear a lot of Californians are moving to that northern Texas area. Yeah. Ho- hopefully they're not bringing their, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> the bullshit. But I tell you, yeah. this last winter that we had, uh-huh. that little freeze thing that we had, like, oh, my gosh. It's like I, uh, I worked in North Dakota for a, a couple winters, and I thought, I'm never going to. I do not like the cold. I hate the cold. I spent a winter down in uh, southeast Texas, down there in Beaumont, and it was like, I think we had like one day that was like, we had some frost or something like that. This is is great. Now, not this winter up here. Wow. Yeah, that was a shock to a lot of people. When I saw the weather, I was like, oh, man. It shocked a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. Power out. I don't have any hot water. <laughs> it was bad, yeah. but it's it's great. I, I love it. Um, so it's, yeah. it's just it's just different. It's a different way of life down here. Yeah, we we've talked about leaving California too. I mean, we're pretty we're pretty good where we're at work wise. So, but you know, if that ever changes or something, yeah. it's like I, I I I'm ready to leave California and go someplace. <laughs> you know better yeah there's lots of places down here you get out of the metroplex and stuff you get buy a little property you can uh, yeah property if this podcast blows up i'm gone and... <laughs> if the podcast blows up and maybe my youtube channel takes off i'm out of here i'm not living in washington i'll tell you that right now i got friends and family here i'll fly up and visit them <laughs> if i'm making enough money I, like i don't want to live here anymore <laughs> but 
I think Blake's like installing a Hemi as we're doing this this live chat. <laughs> Got to hustle, guys. Yeah, right? Exactly. Good company. Get some stuff yeah. done. I got to ask you guys. I'm on the fence here. Um, so I got this van. I've been dying to talk about this friggin' van all night. I have a Hemi and I have the 451 Stroker and I can't decide which way I really want to go with this thing. I'm leaning towards the big block, but at the same time, wow. the Hemi's cool. But I'm like, I don't want to waste this perfectly good big block I got. So I'm like, oh, what do I do? Do I just leave that for the next Mopar I get sometime down the line or what? What do I do? My vote is save the the big block for a hot rod. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be driving this van going long distances and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put the Hemi in it. But I would get yeah. the 360 running first. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely. I'm not get I'm not getting that crazy with the van yet. I've learned my lesson from tearing shit apart, and not getting it back together. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely. Uh, unless I'm going to send it down to Blake. Now that's a completely different story. If I was just going to ship it down there, I'd be like, all right, Blake, seeing uh, seeing nine months, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That's the way you that's buy right. them all tore apart. Then you don't have a choice. You got to put yeah, them yeah. back together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just don't have the I just don't have the bankroll to say, all right, uh, put it on my tab, Blake. Okay. <laughs> Not quite yet. Not quite yet. <laughs> oh, are you doing tabs, Blake? Or <laughs> that's hey, a talking Mopar special, Johnny. <laughs> okay. All I'm saying is I had a very nice offer for him. He said, just get it down here. Get it down here with the parts and I'll make it happen. Okay. All right. You heard it here for first, folks. <sighs> Chris, what are you doing with the truck? What's that? What are you gonna do with the truck? Uh, I have. I just bought a 2012 5.7. Um, I I wanted to put a 6.4 in it, but it was gonna make my money situation so tight I just couldn't swing it. Uh, it is in the plan to put a 6.4 in it. Uh, hopefully a stroker, but that's that's so far down the line. That's like my dream. But um, I think I think the Hemi is like a must to make it, you know, live up to the Mister Norm name. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Blake. <laughs> it just and everybody I talk to, it's it says uh, new and used Hemi parts on the fender. And so like I'll be sitting at a light. This has happened twice, and people have rolled up to me just like the in commercial. And they're like, hey, does that thing got a Hemi? And then I have to be the loser and go, no. And then and then they hit me. Then they beat me into the dirt even more. And they go, oh, it's 440, right? And I'm like. <laughs> I hated no. that is commercial. It a, is it at least a 400 stroker? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bought I bought a brand new Ram in 2003. It was an 04 regular cab short bed with the Hemi, half ton. Yeah. And everywhere you went, that's what people yelled at you. And it got so annoying. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, it says me, right on the fender. Uh, for, yeah, <laughs> for me, it's not even. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I'm like, when is somebody gonna roll up and be like, oh, slant six? And then I go, no, it's actually 360. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. I, I'm about to start bullshitting and be like, yeah, Hemi. <laughs> it does that's have a Hemi. Be- it's gonna be Uncle Tony that's gonna to say that. He loves that guy. Loves slant sixes, yeah. man. Yeah, he's he's the slant six guy, definitely. Yeah. I I do want to say yes, it does have a Hemi right there in letters on the fender, in case you're wondering. <laughs> but um, it's a fun truck. But I'm actually I I'm actually having issues with the truck. Uh, yeah, check this out. So 
<laughs> I had this plan. I had uh, my buddy Justin was coming up from uh, Yakima to come visit some family and he wanted to come over. And I was like, yeah, come over. We'll go to this little get together that happens at this um, this parking lot. I did a live on it a few weeks ago and I was like, perfect. Saturday, we'll roll the truck out there. You can ride in the truck and we can just, you know, get to know each other a little bit because he's a Mopar guy and we've never met in person. It's all been online. And uh, he's on his way over and I'm in the truck and usually when I first got it, you know, three pumps and thing fires up maybe on the second crank. And it was like that for a while. And then it started getting a little harder to start. And I was like, okay. Um, and <laughs> I tried to start it the other day on Saturday and the damn thing was not starting for me. And I was like, interesting. And when my friend Justin came over, he brought his friend and I had gotten it started. It fired up and I was like, okay, good. I was like, you bitch, you better <laughs> do what I tell you to. And I got it started and I was like, okay. And it was doing okay. And it was idling. It was being really nice. And I've been having issues with the Edelbrock AVS2. At least I thought it was the carb that was giving me problems. Because when I first got the truck, first thing I did when I got it on the road, <laughs> I uh, found myself a nice little road. I dropped it into first and I wanted to just hammer it and see what happened. Because I, I never, when I put the wheels and tires on and I never checked to see if it had a sure grip because I wanted to surprise myself the right way, <laughs> you know. And I go, and first gear, I hammer it, and the thing falls on its face. And I'm like, shit, it about died. So I popped it in second. It stayed alive. So I was like, okay, all right. Maybe something's going on here. And I immediately thought that maybe it wasn't getting the right amount of fuel. Um, but then I was like, eh, it kind of smells like it's running rich. But I don't have a vacuum gauge, so I really didn't have a way to test that. And I have an aftermarket in I have an aluminum Edelbrock intake for it. So I was like, I'm not going to mess with it until I put the intake on. Then I can, you know, fine tune it. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I had messed with the idle mixture. And it was running stronger. Because what I did was I just backed everything down until it started running rough. And then one, one and a half turns out. And it smoothed uh, the idle out. And it felt really strong. And I was like, all right, cool took it for a ride. It was great, running great. And then every once in a while from a light, if I got on it a little bit, and this is after it's warm, it would fall on its face a little bit, but come right, like it would bog for a split second and come back on. So I'm like, huh, interesting. So I get it to my house. And then the next time I took it out, I backed it out of my driveway and it died. And it was like on a Sunday or something and everybody was out in the neighborhood. And I was like, okay, you piece of shit. Don't do this to me now. <laughs> Cause I was embarrassed. Cause everybody's like the asshole with the loud trucks moving out of his driveway and it died. You could tell they just had little mini celebrations going on. Like that's what he gets. That's what he gets. And then I fired it back up and I was like, all right, cool. Let's get out of here. So I hot rod it down the street and I get to the light and I'm about to turn on the main road and it died again. And I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So I fired it up and I backed it all the way back up to my house. Cause I was like, I'm not, I do not want the shame of having the toad if it actually breaks down and I can't fix it on the road. So I was like, okay, it was telling me, Hey, don't, you haven't tuned me up. You haven't done shit to me since you bought me. So maybe do that before you go hot rod me around. Now, did I tell you guys what happened to me when I took it to get the exhaust done? Did I tell you guys about that? Uh, I didn't tell you about the shock dropping out on me yes. on the freeway. I okay. saw that. Yeah. I saw that. So <laughs> I'm like, I, I play hooky from work one. Uh, actually, I didn't play hooky. I went into work and I said, hey, can I have the day off? Is there somebody else that can do my route? Somebody else did my route. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go get the exhaust put on. So I, I do a little photo opportunity at this barn. Really cool shots. And I'm just 
living it up. I'm like, nice sunny day. It's Washington. I got the day off. I'm in my truck having a great time. <laughs> I get on the freeway and all of a sudden I start hearing. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is that? And the first thing that came to my mind was because one of the previous owners had busted the spoiler and had JB welded it. Right. So I was like, okay, maybe, maybe that JB weld gave way or something happened. Cause I've, yeah. I've, I've munched the spoiler one time coming out of my friend's uh, driveway. It was really, it, I shouldn't have even tried. And I, I slowly rolled up and I heard it go. So I was like, okay, back up. So I didn't mess it up too bad, but in my head, I was like, I screwed it up. I, I knew I screwed it up, but I didn't think I hit it that hard. So all this stuff's going through my head and it just keeps getting worse. Every dip in the road, I can hear. And in my head, I'm going, shit. And there was really no place to pull over. And I'm thinking at any moment, this spoiler is going to come off and it's going to come up. And I, I was hoping, I was like, just please just shatter and don't damage the rest of the truck. I can get another spoiler and figure it out. So in my little peanut brain, I'm going, okay, do I just find a spot to pull over right now and figure out what's going on? Or do I just not want to know and get it off the freeway to the exit that I'm going to and just see what's happening then? So I was like, I'm just going to risk it. Screw it. It doesn't sound that bad. It's still pretty consistent. <laughs> so I get off the freeway and the thing on every small bump is making this horrible sound. So I pull over, I get out. And I knew it was coming from the driver's side and I got out and I saw that the spoiler was fine. And I was like, oh shit. And I immediately knew it was a suspension. So I cranked the wheel, I get underneath it and there's the shock sitting that much off the ground. So oh. every bump I was hitting, it was hit because the two bolts that are in the bottom dropped out, just dropped out. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I was like, oh shit. And it's like that low off the ground. And my, my peanut brain again, <laughs> I still had about almost 20 miles to go to the shop that I was going to take it to. So I was like, oh, okay, so do I want to risk it? <laughs> so I was in a Walmart parking lot. I pull out and I'm like, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to go the whole way. And again, every, and now it's getting worse. It must've dropped out a little bit farther because it's every, like a pebble could have made that thing scrape. So I just, I just went to the first, I had been to this other shop before. So I went in there and they could squeeze me in, but it was just the two bolts that fell out. So between that, Oh, and then, so here's another issue that the truck has. I haven't had a chance to talk about this. This is kind of fun. So if I hammer the throttle and I let off the thing will kind of, it's hard to explain. It'll, it'll almost shimmy to the left. And I, I've been like, what the hell is going on here? And I always told myself, well, when I get the exhaust done, it'll be in the air because my fat ass is too lazy to just get underneath it, jack it up and look at it, right? That's my bad. And I always tell people, if you buy these cars, whatever the case, always safety check them first because you don't know what the hell the previous owner did to the damn thing, mm -hmm. right? Went against every rule I've ever set. <laughs> and I paid for it. So we get it up on the lift and I look, and if you look at it from the rear, the driver's side, U-bolts and everything are a little bit shifted, but everything is there. I don't know what, everything's tight, everything's there. So the plan is to unbolt everything and just see if I can get it to sit correct. Because it's pretty, like if I'm going fast, like if I'm really hammering it and just going and then I let off, it, the more the faster I'm going, the scarier it shimmies. So I'm like, okay, so that's, that's, I haven't had a chance to talk about that yet. So that's kind of scary. So I just need to, uh, I thought it was, it's in, 
Really? I checked both sides. Yes, I don't know how it shifted or yeah. why it shifted. I have no rear idea. End, rear yeah. end swap out of something is, else or something else. Uh, it does and have an eight. Were off just far enough. It could be. It does have an eight and three quarter out of something else. I assume it's a truck. Um, but uh, I I think I asked Murray, the original owner of it, and uh, I I have no idea. So I'm just gonna take it all apart and figure out what's going on. But it's nothing. It wasn't to the point where I was like, oh, that's. I mean, it's sketchy and unsafe, but I was like, oh, that's not that sketchy and unsafe. I can at least drive it home. And as long as I'm not being an asshole, I'll, I'll live. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then it starts doing this thing. Like, So last Saturday, it's idling. I'm talking to my buddy, and I'm feeling pretty good. Like, yeah, we're going to go for a cruise. It's going to be a good time. And we're talking, and the thing just fucking dies on me. And I'm like, oh, we're going to do this again, huh? Okay. So I go to start it. I crank the hell out of it. It's not firing no matter what I do foot all the way down three you know it's just it's getting to the point where now it's starting to crank weak because i'm sitting there getting pissed off trying and trying and trying and trying and uh my friend justin brought one of his buddies with him and he goes hey you know this thing's leaking fuel and i was like huh and one of the fuel lines one of the hose clamps had come loose so we're like okay well maybe it's a fuel pressure issue right and i was telling them i was like yeah i've been fiddling with this carb and sometimes i can get it to run really good and then randomly it'll fall on its face and uh my driveway's at kind of an angle and one of the guys was like well maybe it's because you're tuning it when it's not on level ground and that thought never really occurred to me and i was like well i guess that could be an issue but i i'm really thinking it's something in the fuel because it's idling fine and just dies so i'm gonna throw a fuel filter and a fuel pump in it and hopefully that'll mitigate the problem, but I'm not sure. Any ideas? What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's random. Should, it's I random. Think, I think you should take it apart and check the float levels on it. I mean, if those float levels are really high, yeah, that's what we were know, talking about too. Filling mm-hmm. all the way up. I mean, I, I, I just messing with Edelbrock carbs. I've never messed with the one you have, but yeah, the, the traditional Edelbrock carb. Mm-hmm. I mean, here in California, the gas here is so freaking shitty. It it just i it's like invisible it's like a film or something gets on the rubber pieces and the needle and seat will not seal so you'll be you can fire up the truck or a car or whatever and go driving for a while and then you come to a freaking you're running fine down the freeway get off the freeway and come to a stop sign and then boom the thing floods and dies and then you can't start it because it's flooded and it's like what the hell you take it apart there's nothing there you can't see anything i usually just i'll just soak it in chem dip and uh then i blow everything out you know i rinse it and then i blow everything out with a carb cleaner and i'll take a a q-tip to the needle and seats to make sure it's all super clean put it back together and it'll run like a top and as long as you if you don't let it sit like if you let it sit for two or three months or more um then yeah you're gonna have the the gas here just it screws with the carburetors you've got to pretty much fire them up and run them and drive them you know within that two month span otherwise you got to rip the carburetors apart clean them up put them back together yeah and i know this carb was brand new when it was put on and it does not have very many miles on it at least it doesn't at least it doesn't look like it to me um but uh it's got to be something in the fuel and i it was one of those things do you have another carb (laughs) i had an edelbrock uh 1406 and Because I'm a money whore, I was like, I don't need that thing. I'm so, so I sold it for a hundred bucks. So now that thing's gone. And I was like, great, you money. Ah, oh, so mad at myself. So what I'm going to do, I, I had planned to do all the basic stuff to this thing just to make sure it was good to go. And of course I procrastinated 
And so now I'm paying for it. So I'm going to do the tune up on it, do the uh, fuel filter, fuel pump. And then the next, the next thing was the carb. And the reason why I didn't start tearing into that was because I really wanted to put fuel injection on it. But I've talked to a couple of people and they're like, don't do it. I've talked to a couple other people that were like, do it. Because when I do the Hemi swap, I really want to put one of the OCP intake manifolds on it because I really want the old school. I want it to look old on top, new on bottom. Because um, I really want, I've been dying to use that Coyote Duster air cleaner lid on this thing. Uh, it just, it's look, it looks cool. It's my favorite uh, air cleaner lid of all Mopar. So I was like, God, I, I really want that on this truck. And the only way to do that is to put a four barrel on it. And uh, I didn't want to carburet it. I wanted to keep it fuel injection. So I was like, well, you know, if you get the air cleaner on top of a, you know, a Holly or a, um, a Phytech or whatever, because that's another whole debate in itself. I've talked to people that have used both systems and both of them, both of the people that I've talked to are like, oh yeah, this one's great. This one's great. That one over there sucks but they don't have any experience with the other. So it's like, I'm getting opinions from everywhere. And I, I, I don't know what direction I want to go with it yet, but I do know I want fuel injection. And I do know that I want the, um, the aluminum intake manifold to keep it somewhat old school because yeah, I don't know. I, the old school look for that, like the, the plastic intake manifolds are going to bother me for the end of, until the end of time. I just don't aesthetically, that's why I like the 6.1s the most because they have the aluminum intake and I think it looks more badass. Mm -hmm. um, that's not to say that the plastic intakes off the 6.4 or whatever aren't amazing. They're they're awesome, but well, um, the 6.1s actually better. It flows better. People put them on the 6.4s. Okay. Oh, uh, wow. what what kind of modifications are needed for that, Blake? On a 6.4? Yeah. Nothing. Bolts right on. What about on mine on the 2012 5.7? Nothing bolts right on really okay yeah now you know it, it came out of a truck right yes it's a, a okay. ram so yeah the the timing accessory like the, the timing cover mm -hmm. uh it's made for the you know the ac compressor and alternator up top so you know that's where the 6-1 manifold throttle body is right so you could some people are able to successfully clock the throttle body like 90 degrees you know just you know, change the, you know, from this, it's a four bolt flange. So you just mm -hmm. change it 90 degrees. Some people are successful to do that. But as far as the cylinder heads go, the Eagle, so 09 and up five sevens have same uh, intake and exhaust ports as the six ones did. And, and like what the six fours have. So you're fine. You just can't really bolt on the six one on like a O three through a 08 five seven because okay. they have smaller intake ports and it just, if the ports don't physically match up, so you have to run this adapter plate. But the good thing about the Gen 3 Hemi is the intake ports are completely, they're flat. You know, they're not cocked at an angle like mm. some of the old school engines or even like the LS engines where the uh, intake ports are, say like a 40 degree angle. They're just, they're level, they're flat. So if you have to run an adapter spacer, it just spaces the intake up a quarter of an inch. So, um, yeah, it, new 6.4 or the Eagle 5.7, it's a bolt-on. The only thing you have to worry about is your throttle body clearance around the timing cover if you run a, um, a truck accessory setup, you know. If it were a car, like Eagle 5.7, yeah, bolt that sucker on, you know. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's not too bad. 
I'll have to. Gosh, now it, now it got me thinking of another direction. But I still have the other. I have two Hemi's. I have the 06 and the 12. The 06 was out of a Charger, and the 12 was out of a Ram. So I the plan now was to put the 12 in the uh, Mr. Norm truck, and the 06 was going to go in the van or the big block. Somebody, uh, I'm an asshole because I forgot who it was, but. Um, somebody sent me a picture of a van doing a wheelie at the drag strip and i was like holy shit <laughs> That's and cool. i was like then my wheels started turning and but realistically johnny i think you're right dude just put the hemi in it make it reliable yeah <laughs> um with some power i, I Plus Hemi Vans. Oh, that's another guy. I can't wait to get on the podcast because I've been talking to him. The guy who's doing the Hellcat van. What? I'm... Holy shit. You don't know about that guy? Oh, no, oh. I know about him. But oh, okay. The yeah. Fact that you got him on the show is cool. No. Yeah. Uh, I've that's been talking cool. to him. I want him to come on because I was like, look, dude, I <laughs> I want to have the information that because I, I want to know about the mounts. Because one thing I was excited about having the Mr. Norm truck here was that when the van gets here, I can look and take some measurements because I've always wondered if the motor mounts are the same. Hmm. Now, two people have said no, but I don't think either one of them have actually looked. I think they're just guessing, which would make sense. Um, but I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that they might be the same or roughly the same. Um, but I, I'm going to look into it. But, you know, at the end of the day, Blake's going to figure all that out for me. So I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, I know if wait. I ever do a Hemi swap, it's going to Blake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. So that brings an interesting question, Chris. If you had to put a Hellcat or were able to put a Hellcat in a van, what would the what would you call the van? Well, it's funny about the Hellcat van I was just talking about because I said. When the Hellcat came out, I was like, I, the first thing I thought of, because I've, I've been on a truck kick for several years now, I was like, they should put it in a Ram 1500, a standard cab, you know, to kind of, you know, go back to the SRT 10 days, but obviously a Hellcat <laughs> truck. And I was like, well, you can call the Hellcat, the, the truck a Hellcat. I wanted to call it the Hellhound. And this guy's calling it the Hellhound van. So I was like, oh, awesome. Really? Yeah. So I thought that was a That's really cool, cool name. Um, the Hellhound, I liked that. But uh, for a van, I probably wouldn't put the word hell in it. But since it is a Hemi, I would probably call it like uh, the Mastodon or something, something <laughs> badass, awesome. like a big elephant That's type thing. Mammoth. I was thinking, I the the mammoth sounds good, but I didn't think of mammoth. I thought of Wooly Mammoth, and I was like, that kind of sounds pussy. So I was like, I don't know about yeah. Wooly the Wooly Mammoth. You know, I was like, oh, why don't you put some fur on that thing too? Wooly, <laughs> yeah, Wooly. But Trace Mammoth, Satan. I, I yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but Mammoth, I actually like Mammoth better than Mastodon. That's cool. Um, yeah, or I could call it the Fastodon. <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll call it Hellcat. A good name for a Hellcat swapped van would be. I mean, you got to think of that era, the van craze, right? Okay, go. Van Halen. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Damn. Blake had that in his back pocket. Just yeah, he did. I think about that as you're talking about this guy. <laughs> All this I need is to find somebody like, with a van, and I can <laughs> drop this name. <laughs> oh. Van Halen. 
he had that in his back pocket. He's you like, gotta have it like <laughs> all eight tracked out and everything, man. Oh god, that's a great. I never thought about finding an eight track for it. I'm gonna find an eight track for it. That's a great idea. I oh, have yeah. a. I have a picture that I found on uh, Instagram. It's uh, a couple eight tracks. I forget which ones they are, but there's a red almost. It almost looks like a Trump hat, like the Make America Great Again hat. And it says uh, Make Vans Boogie Again. I was like, "Ooh, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. But see, in in Washington, if you wear a red hat, no matter what it says, crazy people try to start fights with you, even if it says nothing about Trump. So <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, eh, I don't know if I need that drama in my life. But oh. Yeah. Chris, all right, Go. get you know how back in the day they had the it was like a like a a, a trunk is where they kept all the eight tracks in. My dad has one for cassettes. Yes, I know I'm very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so you get one of those, but you do it up like a demon crate, and you put all your eight tracks in there for your man. <laughs> Just saying, man. Oh. These are great ideas, Blake. Blake's have Blake's been waiting for me to talk about Vans. He's got all these great ideas. Yeah. <laughs> no, no this it's, is... it's, it's 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 like diary of the brain. It's just coming out. Hey, hey, I'll be there to did wipe ever, it, wipe it, and take. Did it. you ever figure out what you're gonna do, like uh, for your like logo on the side and stuff? <sighs> so I really like the paint on this thing. Um, I'm hoping that I can preserve some of it and that it comes out okay. Uh, I want to find because I really like the pinstriping on the van too. I would really like to find someone to, because I'm on the fence. Is like you don't really want to. It's almost like tattooing. I don't like the idea of some. If I had an unfinished tattoo, I don't really like the idea of going to a different artist to have him finish that tattoo. Because um, part of me wanted to find a. I pinstripe. You pinstripe? <laughs> well, yeah, you should know that. <laughs> I just see this hand coming up. <laughs> I like her in pinstripe. Hey, that's if, what, if I fly I you. On my on my story sometimes. Do I have to bring you out here, or do I have to bring the van to you, or can I fly you out here to do my van? Oh, I'd go out there. But here's what I was going to get at. A buddy of mine who, Shane Viggle, his uh, Viggle Custom Designs, he's also, he follows me, and he, he'll post stuff. I shared, I just shared a 59 Rambler he just did. It's going to be an autocrosser. Um, he airbrushes. No shit. Yeah. I can't. And we, li we live like 15 miles away from each other. I have been sitting here wondering because my, my buddy Will just had some air, or uh, not airbrushing, um, some pinstriping done. And I was going to ask him who did it. I'm sorry, dude. I didn't even think about you. No, uh, I don't care. I don't care. I'm, no, I'm I, like, what, like a thousand miles away or something. Well, I'm, that, I'm so. sitting here thinking about local guys and I'm trying to look up local Washington pinstripers. I, man, I'm, I'm going to get you out here. Uh, I, at that point, but what I was going to say is, I don't know if I want somebody to basically finish what 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 has worn off over the years and just get it back to where it was or if i just want to go here's what was on it come up with your own style that is you know something similar because i like where the pinstriping is but i do want the logos on it and i thought of trying to find someone that can do hand lettering um i let her i let her in i finished right hey hey i think I we got go some. i hope Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my headphones off. I'll yes. go over and grab something real quick. Go get go get me some stuff. Oh man, now I'm excited. Now part of me part of me wants to take the van to Blake and then fly Bud down to Blake and be like, all right, you put the Hemi in, you put the paint on. <laughs> Let's knock two birds out with one stone. Let's do it. <laughs> what you got, Bud? Now I'm excited. It's all coming together. 
Where does Bud live? Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, I'm I'm in central Iowa. Okay. So I don't know if this will show up or not. I know we got small screens and stuff. Here, I'm gonna bring you up onto a big screen. Hold on. Let me get right, you so up this here. is a yellow. This is a yellow light lens out of a traffic traffic signal. So this will be the Scat Pack logo. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, I remember oh, this what? guy. You were this, telling me about this. This is for a guy off of Instagram. Mm. Um. So it's personalized. Guy's a name at the top. Cole. That's not him. It's for a family member, I believe. His like LM twenty three something dart. He's got a yellow yeah. sixty nine dart. Kyle's his name, I believe. All right. So then you got some pinstriping. Nice, <laughs> bro. I'm flying you out, dude. That's like <laughs> oh man. That's like three or four colors. I can't. I was just dicking around one day. That's sorry. awesome. Man. Sorry, sorry for the language. No, this is so. This one is Holy black shit. channel. Jeez. Do you do lettering too? Yeah, I do. So for this one, I haven't done. I haven't done a second color on. I I, I mixed a, a custom green. It's hard to see, wow. but it's kind of a minty, kind of a minty green. That looks so, awesome. And then I'll and do another color hand? on top. Of that. Yeah, it's freehand. That's great. Hold on, getting hold on real quick. Oh man, he's gonna go pull a door off of his truck or something like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> garage. He's going to go grab a picture of a van and like, look at this van I pinstriped. <laughs> All right. Oh. Old, old oil bath air cleaner. Oh, yes. Uh, that's sweet. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, that is killer. Badass. You see, it's hard to see, but there's a lot of detail. Oh, no, that. I see it. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, I don't think yeah. I have anything that's lettered here, but if you go on my Instagram, that's Muscle Car Syndicate. Uh, there's a lot of Mopar stuff on there I've done for people. Mm. Um, I did like the when the Cuda came out in '70, the new, you know, obviously the e-body. I did a version of that for a, a buddy of mine. So it's like an 11 and a half by 24. Mm-hmm. Um, took me 27 hours to paint. Oh, wow. Um, I've done multiples of the traffic signals uh, lenses. I have kind of a stash of those. But no, I, I Chris, I can send you pictures of, of lettering and things I've done. But oh, I don't, I don't you, you showed me plenty. I'll fly you out. I just got to figure out what I want on the damn thing. Um, let's talk about let's talk about this because I've never actually talked to somebody in depth about uh, that art. How did you get started in pinstriping, dude? So I was always big. I mean, I'm I'm a muscle car guy, first and foremost, but I I like all things mechanical, whether it be airplanes, whatever, stuff, you know. And um, I liked the whole Rat Fink thing, Ed Roth and and Von Dutch, the flying Mm -hmm. eyeball and all that stuff. And yeah, uh, when I was in college, I went to to school for auto body, uh, just a community college. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my teachers was like 70 years old and he was an old school dude. And I was like, Hey, I want to, I want to pinstripe, you know, I want to custom paint. I want to, I wanted to do like restoration work and I'm going to school for like a production job. Yeah. And so one day he was like, well, I don't got time to teach you, but he brought, he like brought, he like, bought me a brush and a can of one shot. And he said, <laughs> just go home, go home and make designs on a mirror. And I was you know, like 20 years old. 19 years old or something. So I did. And I got discouraged. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And nobody would really talked to you. And the internet, not that it was 
bad, but it wasn't like it is now where you have like just everything at your fingertips for every bit of resources. But so I worked with a guy named Jim Hetzler out of Makoka, not Makoka. Um, anyways, Eastern Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, he is world renowned. The dude, he is well known. He he does a uh, he works for House of Colors at SEMA every year. Does striping and, and airbrushing tutorials there. Uh, stuff like that. So I worked with him for a few days, and he's like, "Yeah, you're you're good to go, man. Just start doing it." Wow. So I've just, I've just, you know, here and there, I I start painting, and and then I'll get away from it, and I'll come back to it. So I'm trying to transition into uh, like acrylics on canvas. I haven't really messed with it. Uh-huh. Let me step away real quick, one more time. I'll grab something else you can see. Oh man. <laughs> I just want to go on the record and say that life ain't fair. When you got men like Bud, they can make perfectly asymmetrical designs, and I can see the light on my mustache. So I'm just saying. This is one more. <laughs> this is one more that. Hold on, let me get you up. Um, let me get you up here. So I haven't haven't done anything. I don't know if you can see what it is or what oh, it yeah. says. Oh yeah, yeah. Daytona. Oh, cool. nice. cool. Yeah, so I haven't drawn. I just haven't haven't done any paint on it yet. That's cool. Wow, That's nice man. So I did this, and I did a uh, a seventy mod top Cuda because that Mopars fifty one fifty had found a one of the seventeen D five blue with a blue mod top cars. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was gonna paint one just to. Oh man, because there's no pictures of one. So I was just gonna kind of paint one as like kind of a sort of a rendering, but it'd be like a real close shot of like part of the quarter of the quarter window and then part of the roof. Nice. But I haven't got that far yet, so. Do you uh, do you sell any of this, or is this all just out of the goodness of your heart? You're just hooking people up. Well, see, Chris, as you know, there's something on the way that we don't talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's all right. Uh, I tend to just give shit away because I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, but um, you're gonna come uh, out. I'm gonna hook you up. You're gonna pinstripe the van, and we're gonna make you a. Uh, we're gonna make you famous. That's what we're gonna do. Uh, uh, no, I do. I do. Uh, I just had a guy message me tonight about uh, doing door logos on a '72 Chevy form. Um, I mean, I've done a lot of that stuff. Door logos on pickups and send uh, me some examples. I completely trust you. I just want to see your work because I'm very interested. Um, let me oh, yeah. let me ask you this. So the the way i was gonna do it because i was gonna my blue truck i was gonna letter myself with talking mopars and based on the research i did because i'm not an artist like yourself the way i was gonna do it was i was gonna have vinyl printed but only take the negatives just so i had you know what i mean the just the negative yeah yes exactly i was gonna take one shot and i was gonna let it get tacky and peel it and then weather it myself um yeah so how i do that yeah, I paint it. I don't use a stencil, and that's fine. People do because you're that, an because you're a real artist, not me. Okay, <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah. So I paint it, and just like you said, you let it get tacky. Mm-hmm. I basically, if I can touch it and it doesn't come off on my finger, but uh, but it still has a uh, a tack to it, I mix a fifty percent uh, mineral spirits and rubbing alcohol. And then I wipe it in the directions of the brush strokes and it takes it away naturally. Cause when you put your, when you go up and you put paint on, it naturally goes on thicker at the beginning of your stroke and then it loses paint as it gets to the bottom. Okay. So it takes it away just like time will. Oh, wow. 
So and then that way that way you get it'll it'll bring out brush it'll bring out the stroke lines and stuff through it too. Wow. So but there's other ways of doing it. People people will also wet stand it, people will buff it, they'll do a lot of stuff. Cause for me, I this was one thing that I was thinking of where I was like, okay, I'm not quite I'm on the fence still. Cause I do have you know, the, the old school Hemi head font that I use for talking Mopars, but it's also a seventies van. So I've been on the fence, whether I want to keep it the way it is on brand essentially, or if I want to get kind of crazy and kind of old school with it, I think I want to keep it on brand, but I want to add some sort of a flair to it, you know, as it is, you know, weathered talking Mopars logos, like on, on a van, it would be cool, but I think there's something that, uh, could make it pop and because i'm not an artist and i don't have that vision i'm gonna let you figure that out <laughs> but uh i definitely i, I yeah i want i to had the fan, dude. i'll send you one i'll send you a picture i had a, a restaurant come to me and they wanted their logo and their logo was god awful it was it's like uh it, it's like late 80s early 90s kind of yeah. blocky half the letters are capital half are lowercase oh yeah, it's yeah just mixed out throughout mm -hmm. And he's like, "This is what I want on the truck." I said, "I, man, I'm just gonna tell you from a from my standpoint that that it's not gonna work because it was a it was a '66 D200 crew cab." <laughs> so it's not gonna work, man. And so I drew up something. And when he came back, and he had luckily brought a friend with him, he came back, and his buddy was like, "You gotta do that. You don't, <laughs> don't do yours. You gotta do that." Yeah, yeah. Because it it fit the restaurant. It was kind of a westerny kind of theme. I did kind of a westerny kind of font with their character mm -hmm. and, it, and it really did work out so and i weathered that one wow yeah oh man gosh it's it's fun getting to know people that are way smarter and way more talented than myself this is great i've got all these connections all over the country now smarts kind of yeah you're you're really pushing it there <laughs> If only I had a friend who got Mopars for really cheap and lived somewhere in Southern California. I just need that friend. Uh, <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> uh, I tried too when I had when I had a nice little uh, stash of cash before I bought the Mister Norm truck. I tried to weasel something out of Johnny, but he wasn't having it. I was like, "Really, man? I thought we were friends. Come on, I'll double your money on whatever car you want to sell me." <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Does it have to have cars? two doors, or is four doors okay? <laughs> uh, yeah. I said the cars just like Johnny home. Oh, yeah, they do follow Johnny home. home. Yeah. There's a real yeah. nice age code dart for sale here in Vegas right now. Really? What's that story on that one? How much is that one? Yeah, it's on Craigslist. That. It's on Craigslist. I was going to go look at it today, but hey, I thought getting projects. Yeah. It's a 70 uh, Y2 yellow 344 speed car. Oh, really? The number of transmission is there. The motor's long gone, but it's an original H code. He's asking sixty five hundred bucks for it. Very, very solid. It's a great car. It's on Craigslist. Wow. So that's I can't an interesting point. You know, you got in our area, Craigslist is dead. Offer up uh, any of those, they're dead. Like I don't find anything on Craigslist anymore. It's like people just completely abandoned it around here. See, I think Craigslist screwed up by charging people. It was yeah. fine. And, yeah. and then Facebook came along and wasn't charging anybody. Then Craigslist is like, oh, we're going to charge five bucks now, which isn't <laughs> that much. But Well, I think it filters out a lot of the junk and scammers, too. It does. It does, but they also added dealers with general population type stuff, and it really yeah. that muddied pisses the waters. Me off. That pisses it does me, me too. Off. Yeah. 
I find the filters stink on Marketplace on Facebook. It's like, okay, I only want to look at, say, I can Mm -hmm. type in Dodge, you know, 1989 and older. But I'll still see like 16, you know, brand new Dodge dealership links before I see anything. And it it just, it pisses me off to know. It's like, that's not what I want to look at. You know, why are you trying to tell me what I want to look at? You know? Absolutely. I have, I have, I've been having problems with marketplace on my phone. For some reason, it's not letting me filter stuff. And that's, it's been pissing me off so much. I've just been giving up on it. (laughs) Um, But I, I may have a solution to these problems. I'm, still working on it it's definitely a project in the works i'm also working on a replacement for facebook for mopar enthusiasts but we'll talk about that another day (laughs) uh i just think there's something there's something lacking in the classified world i just wish there was a place where you could go and get i know there's auto tempest and a lot of people have asked me what i use uh, for the Mopar Hunter. And at first, it, it depends on how I'm feeling. If I'm really behind and I need to get a bunch of cars posted because I like to post three a day, I will use um, uh, the uh, search all Craigslist. Tempest or whatever. Yes, I use that a lot. Um, the problem is, is I found out, and I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is in the system, but I seem to find uh, different stuff if I just go state by state and just randomly pick. So I have a list that I go to, like, if you if you were to look at all my posts, you could almost see the pattern of where I usually post from. And it usually goes uh, from West Coast to East Coast, usually. Sometimes it's the opposite, because um, I like to start in my home area. <laughs> but I do like Search Tempest because it allows me to open up everything in the country, and even in Canada, if I wanted to, and search the whole, the whole area. And I, it allows me to cover more ground at one time. Um, but uh i just i've been seeing a lot of the same stuff over and over again and you know every week is every week is different but i noticed that there are definitely seasons for cars um it's it was dead over the winter it was really dead and that's why in the beginning of the mopar hunter i was posting six a day and that really leveled off really quick where i was like oh shit there's not enough to keep posting six a day plus at that point i i wasn't using search tempest i would just randomly pick states and i would free i I didn't have i didn't have a concrete system so i would keep picking the same state and seeing the same shit so i had to figure out something else and then somebody mentioned to me uh search tempest and i started using that and that was that was a big help but i don't know that's one reason why I started doing content like this because I just didn't see the longevity and just sharing cars all the time. But now I do it. Now yeah. I purpose. I'm sure a lot of people are like, why does he keep posting this? I do it on purpose. How about that? I post the ones that I know is going to piss people off because that's what brings you guys to the Mopar Hunter. It gives me views. Okay. There's the secret. There it is right there. So when you wonder why they're all overpriced pieces of shit, it's because I pick them. <laughs> um, I, I personally like to see what people say, and I, I wish I could answer all the comments, especially the funny ones, but I can't even, I don't even have enough time to look at them all. There's so many. So I just have to. Uh, yeah. It depends on, yeah. especially if the price is like just astronomical, man, you get like a thousand comments on that one. Yeah. Secret. And, when you actually, and the funny thing is when you actually get one that's priced good and it's a good car, 
you get like five you get like five <laughs> comments and a million likes it yeah me up where were all those guys when they were yeah. bitching about how high the other one was i i actually want to do the the page uh the, the poor the poor people are trying to buy mopars again page i always forget the name what's the name exactly again i keep forgetting i see the pores are trying to buy mopars again i see the pores are trying to buy mopars again great page that actually inspired me it gave me an idea for another live podcast type thing where i go on and i just read all the comments on all the favorite cars that i posted like oh this is one i picked on purpose because of this let's see what people are saying because some people say some funny stuff and there's a lot of people that i would love to just sit and comment and just you know have a have a fun little back and forth with but i just don't have the time but i was like that would be a great way to get to respond to all these because some of the stuff that is said is so ridiculous i'm just like yeah there are some that's way out there and then yeah. you have like there's like three or four dudes that comment on every single one you post oh the same ones yeah 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 <laughs> so, truth be told i think we're losing a couple of good cars with some of this feedback because i'm not sure if you guys noticed but i think on Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday, there was a 70 or 71 446 pack CUDA, numbers matching, shaker hood car. The guy posted it, B5 blue. A lot of people because he wouldn't post a price. Yeah. I was PMing the guy because he's over in, in Ohio and he's close to where I'm going to be moving to. Mm -hmm. Him and I were talking and he gave me a rough figure of what he wanted for the car. I'm on the fence about getting it. We don't touch base for like maybe two days. All the ads are pulled. He said he got too much grief, and he's not sure he wants to sell anymore. Yeah, I've, no, I've, it's true. Yeah, I've gotten some. I've gotten some hate. I've actually had my buddy Paul reached out to me. There was a seventy-one Charger RT. It was plum crazy purple. It was up in like uh, the northeast somewhere, and it was like, car. yeah, it was like five grand. And he reached out to me. I had that thing in the chamber ready to go, and he reached out and said, "Don't post this car." And I was like, shit. And he's a buddy, so I was like, okay, I won't. I'll let you go take a look at it. He didn't end up buying it. But stuff like that, God, it's just it's tough because I, I'm on both sides of the fence. I'm on the side where I'm like, I need as much visibility to my page as possible so I can grow my brand and what I'm doing. But at the same time, I don't want to screw over my fellow enthusiasts, you know, like Ramiro that are trying to get these cars. And these poor people get – I can only imagine the amount of calls they get of just people talking shit. Like, oh yeah well you, know, you see on that page people post their messages they get when they're trying to sell one yeah well, and, that's, uh, and, they're, and they're not guess, good people just drag them through the mud i guess he told oh, one of the guys to fuck off or something but he ended up getting reported to facebook so he got all upset and he, he took on all the ads and it's a legit six-pack numbers matching car He's not asking too much for it. I mean, he's asking no. mid, mid to low 20s, I think, was what he was asking. I thought that was reasonable, there was, too. <laughs> yeah. There I, was I, a, a killer a 70 FE5 uh, six-barrel car. It was a A22 car, I believe. Um, the car was nice, and it was 110. And I don't see where or why not uh, a 70 Cuda a V code a 22 car wouldn't bring 110 in the condition that car presented in pictures, at least in description and people just drug that car through the mud. But that's why I like people like Mike coffee who love those morons <laughs> because he, he drags them through the mud and, yeah. and he always wins. I was talking to him about that 70 Barracuda that he was asking like 25 for. And I saw it and I was like, yeah, sure. It's a Barracuda, but good luck finding another one. That's solid. You know what I mean? It's like, you yeah. have to look at the cars individually and not as e-bodies as a whole because, first of all, the prices are all over the place for a reason. Second of all, yep. most of the people that talk shit couldn't even 
touch the car for no, even i can't even touch the car but no. i don't i'm not a price basher so that's yeah. why i would never bash price if i'm not in the market i might make a comment like this is kind of crazy but i yeah. would never call somebody and bitch out their price or the amount of people like you were talking about bud the same handful of people i'm like all you have time for is to talk shit on these cars. I'm like, I, I won't, for it. obviously <laughs> I won't say his name because obviously I, you know, whatever, but there's the one guy that gives like a rundown of why the car isn't what it should be. Yeah. Why it's priced too high. How much, <laughs> you know, it's the same. And it's like, and one day I finally said something. I don't think he posted on any of your posts for like five days. And then he came back. I didn't say anything mean. I just said, do you actually make an offer or do you just <laughs> bitch about it every day? You want to know what's funny about these guys is some of them reach out to me and they're super nice when they talk to me like uh, in like <laughs> private messages. They're like, hey, man, love the truck. So I'm like, wow, I was just getting ready to bash the hell out of you. But I guess I'll just be quiet now. <laughs> no, and I'm not trying to bash anybody. I just price bashing just drives me up the wall. It, it drives because me here, up the wall. Here's, here's the way I look at it. If I was going to sell a car, would I not want to get top dollar for my car? Absolutely. Yeah. If they had the car, I I wish that those people had those cars because if they're – I mean, I see guys talking about, oh, I'd give you 1500 bucks for that 69 Charger. And I'm like, <laughs> I wish you were the asshole with all the Chargers so I could buy them from you for 1500 bucks. Because you know you, damn well yeah, they want yeah, in the middle. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you about those guys because I've come across those guys like – there's this guy that I know. I'm not going to say his name, but I thought it was hilarious. He needed, I think he needed a fender or something like that to a duster or a dart or something that I had, right? I sold it to him for like, you know, a hundred bucks. And he's like, a ah, hundred bucks, man, that's kind of pricey, right? It's like, I, that seems reasonable to me, you know, sell yeah. it for a hundred dollars and then a couple of years later, I needed something ah, like okay. a fender or a hood or something like that. And he wants like 200 bucks for it. And it's like, why is it when you buy it from me, it's like too high. And when you're selling it to, to selling it to me, it's like, it's gold all of a sudden, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those guys are just like, that's how they roll, man. They'll bitch about it when they're buyers, but when they're sellers, it's top notch. So, you know, I, I, I price bashed one person on Facebook, and it was in December this this last year. There was a 7446 pack Roadrunner that I found in New Mexico. Nice. Super, super solid car, but it had a Dana out of a 67. Uh, it had a 68 uh, 18th line and a 70 warranty block. No fender tag. The only thing on the car was a VIN that would tell you it's a six-pack car. I passed on it. The guy was asking twenty five thousand for it. Good driver, beautiful B three, blue car. I passed on it. Then it showed up on Facebook Marketplace for sixty thousand late December. Guy had the exact same description, but at the very end he said it's original. Everything's listed on the fender tag. I messaged the guy. I go, hey, I go. Can I see the fender tag? He goes, oh, he goes, I don't, I don't have it. I go, well, I think, you know, I, I think I'd like to see it before I, uh, I make an offer on the car. Oh, yeah, he goes, it's at the body shop. I'll send it over to you. But I had called him out on the actual thread and said, hey, can you please post the fender tag so we can check out these options and whatnot that you're talking about. Long, long story short, him and I got into some beef via private <laughs> messaging. And I said to him, look, I go, I know the car. I almost bought the car before you did. And I have all these videos of the car. And now the previous owner telling me that it had no fender tag. 
He comes back and says, well, I found it in the glove box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. That's that's like the famous, uh, what was it, the 70 uh, V-code cooted out of Florida. That was a yellow car that had been a, uh, it's a known body swap because yep. they found the picture in the console. Yep. The guy took a picture of the memory stamp in the VIN on the radiator support or something. Yep. Oh, gosh. And, There's a yeah, guy out and... in Florida guts. <laughs> He's always got those cars. Yep. Watch like on a lot of the Mopar trader pages. And uh, it seems like every month he has another one. <laughs> I don't know where he finds them. That's all he does is he flips uh, e-bodies. Hmm. All this uh, said, all this said, there are cars that are ridiculously priced. Uh, I'll be yeah. no, and you're not wrong at all. I don't uh, believe me. I don't. I agree with you, but <laughs> they're just the problem is you get all these armchair Barrett Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I, I just don't understand. There, the simple concept. It's a simple business concept. It's called supply and demand. I'll never understand why they can't understand that. And I just, it just bothers me. The biggest thing that bothers me is that I know that they're not even close to the market of buying these cars, because if they were somebody that was close to the market of buying these cars, they wouldn't have the time to. (laughs) Yeah. That's the conversation I had with the one guy about the uh, 70 roadrunner convertible that was posted. The guy wanted 28 grand for it. And the one guy came in and talked about how it was a basket case, but in the pictures, it was a complete car. Hmm. I legit looked at a basket case 70 road runner last summer. Um, not numbers matching. It was an EV2 car, but it had been like, uh, had been clipped. So I think that they'd put half of the rear clip on it because they got, it was in a tornado in like Arkansas, some weird story. Half the building fell on the car. And that guy wanted 30 grand for that car, and it was a legit basket case. So I'd said, just like you said, 824 or so convertibles built in 70. Uh, how many come up for sale every day? So the guy who owns it ultimately gets to set the price. If yeah. someone wants it bad enough, they'll buy it. Yeah, but. absolutely. And then, you know, that's what the price is, right? When the buyer is willing to pay something that the seller is going to be happy with, you know, mm-hmm. they you meet in the middle. So you can put all those high prices up there. And if, if there's no buyers at that price, then it's that price is either going to come down or that guy's not going to sell that car, you know? Correct. And there's, there's plenty of examples on Craigslist right now. I see them every week. It's the same car is still for sale. There's always yeah. a reason why it's still for sale. If it was a good yeah. deal, it would have already been gone. Even if it was a decent deal or a car rare enough where somebody wanted it bad enough because uh, I, I just don't understand how people don't understand the concept of, you know, six pack Cuda. Yeah. Need, maybe it needs full restoration. The guy who buys that car has the money to do that. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, that's, that's, one of my, that's one of my favorite comments, 30 grand for that. Another 60 grand to restore it. And you're not even going to get 40 for it. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's what the guy cares. Yeah. That that's what pisses me off the most because I've always said, God, give give me some money and see the kind of shit boxes I bring home just because I know I can afford to have them restored because I want that car. I don't exactly. care how much it because I'm not I'm not a flipper. These people talk yeah. like they're flippers. It's like you're not a flipper. <laughs> people people lost their mind when they you've, you've have you seen the pictures of my RT? Uh-huh. and how bad it is and people are like you're going to restore that it's like yeah well, i only made 2700 rts in 71 yeah. and it's the original engine i've tracked down the original owner i got all this you know history on the car why not yeah but in the last two years i always start a little bit high because i know if somebody at least comes to me if i know i'm asking high i'm going to negotiate and i'm going to come down some 
Absolutely. It, it keeps the, uh, you know, the, the grassroots people away because I don't want to waste my time on those. Yeah. But if somebody's coming to me with a somewhat of a higher asking price and they know I'm going to negotiate, at least we'll end up somewhere closer to where I want to be. I've been trying to figure out that I think there's a business somewhere for me in being the middleman and go and filtering these guys out and being like, hey, just give me your because this is also another idea I had was because I felt bad that a lot of these people I've had people reach out, not people, uh, maybe one or two people in six years that have reached out and said, hey, take my car down. And I've been like, huh? <laughs> and they're like, for one, I don't need help selling. I really think that I started a trend for these people on Craigslist going, don't need help selling. <laughs> because <laughs> talking about you. Huh? I, I started getting suspicious because I started seeing it uh, become a trend over the past five years. And I'm like, that's weird. I just started this five years ago. So maybe it's <laughs> maybe it has something to do. But uh, I, God, there's gotta be something there where I could be the middleman or the idea that I had was not even posting the ad, just posting a picture of the car and just making people hunt them themselves and just be like, Oh, here's one for this price. And then just letting them price bash it. Cause they're never going to know where it's at. And if somebody wanted it bad enough, they're going to go on Craigslist and find out where it is, you know, cause I'm not the only guy that fucking hunts Craigslist, obviously, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. everybody's hobby. I'm just the dummy that started a page and just uh, grew it from there. But um, I, 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 anybody listening to this, if you need your <laughs> car posted, I will post it for you. There's a small fee involved, but I will be the middleman and I will make sure that only people with money. It's like that was hard for me when I actually had before I bought the Mr. Norm truck. Speaking of which, all you people that price bash, you don't want to know what I would ask for the Mr. Norm truck if I were to sell it. Okay, it would be ridiculous and no one would want to buy it because I would price it so high. But, oh, God, I the idea that people just sit there and just wait for these cars to get posted only to talk shit and the amount that they talk. I, I don't know where they come up with this free time. <laughs> they're, they're like blake they're like getting all these great ideas and they're writing them down it's like all i need is a car posted and then i'm gonna drop this <laughs> they sell cliff notes at bucky's <laughs> yeah <laughs> they probably have like a, a word document open with all the responses to all the all the ads <laughs> and they're like i'm just gonna copy and paste this one today and they yep. put it on there uh. It's funny. I mean, it's entertaining on one hand, but it does get old, especially when it's, I don't know what's more annoying. I've had a couple of people that say the same thing on each post that is like just a, just one word or something like there was one person, I forget what they were writing, but it was like the same thing over and over. like, wow, wow, wowza, wowza. And I was just like on every post, like, and it's the same thing. I was like, they have to be copy and pasting and no way they, <laughs> they're writing this every single time. It's ridiculous, yeah. but it's, it's entertaining. But at the same time, like, I know it gets old. I, so, I watch how many people unlike the page and it's surprising to me that more people don't just jump ship, but I think it's just because the, the idea of the Mopar Hunter, when I started it <clears throat> was to be like, uh, the Facebook version of auto trader. Cause as a kid, I would go in there and I would highlight all the cars that I really liked. So I could, <laughs> and I would, I would dog ear the corners of the pages. So I could always go back and just look at him and show my dad and have him keep turning me down. Like, ah, we don't have the money for that. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, I'll just start sharing all the cars that I find and just see what happens. And well, I, I never made a meme. Somebody made a meme out of that where it's Facebook marketplace is turned to Joe Dirt Reading Auto Trader. <laughs> yeah. it's, him, it's him going, What? You know, doing the yeah. 
<laughs> it is too. <laughs> That's just appropriate. Uh, so funny. Definitely, uh, definitely a trend that I think is just going to get worse and worse. And it might be my downfall. Eventually, <laughs> they might be like, "Man, we can't." I don't know. I've, I've been waiting for a well, letter no. from Craigslist. <laughs> you have a, a legit following of people who can't wait for the next one, so you're never going to lose your your fan base. <laughs> it's I I do have the and I've I've met some some of my best Mopar friends from the page, so I'm very thankful for it. And that's the only reason. There's been a couple times where I've been like, this is. I don't want to be the cause of people not posting their cars for sale, you know, because I enjoy looking at them. I just wish these people like. <laughs> If you don't like the price, we get it. You post on every post. We get it. You don't like these prices, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have enough time to go show, Go find a good deal for me, please. <laughs> you know, because the ones I do post that are amazing deals, and it's few and far between, I'll admit that. <laughs> the amazing deals, the first thing that I see is scam, scam. Now, some of them have been scams, and I realize that, I mean, there's been times where I've been getting cars ready to post it, you know, 2 3 a.m so i'm kind of tired and to be honest i don't read the whole ad i look at the car look at the price glance through it and i don't get into the detail which is funny because there's been a lot of situations where people have pointed things out about the car where later i'm like oh yeah no shit i didn't even i didn't even notice that you know so that's always fun but there was just a legit scam in in chicago area oh really last week and that yeah they get that mopar shop i work at the the owner wanted me to He's not computer literate at all. He's worse than I am. He can't even email. So he wanted me to contact the guy. It was an M code 68 Cuda or Barracuda. Mm-hmm. Um, really good looking car. And I, I called him back. I said, this is a legit scam. There's no way they're asking 14 grand for this car. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, message him anyways. You never know. So I did. And we never heard anything back. But there's been some cars where I'm like, could you imagine if it wasn't a scam and somebody just got the deal of a lifetime? Mm-hmm. Johnny Mopar's over here grinning. He's like, "Oh yeah, I know all about that." <laughs> well, I got I got a slightly better one. I got a slightly better one. I know of a '69 Hemi Charger four-speed car sitting in a barn, no drivetrain. The Dana's there, and the guy may be willing to sell here in the next year or so. <sighs> Crazy Deep price. Do you have Do you have a price on it or what? Thirty-ish. Um, Okay. It, it, it's rough. It needs some work. Okay. Uh, no drive train. It's got the Dana, but beautiful, beautiful. It's a B5 blue, white okay. stripe. I think it's a white top with white interior. And it's nice. got the tag. If it's got the tag, you're in the money. <laughs> no tag. I don't think okay. it has a tag. I don't think, but the VIN's there, the core okay. support, the lip. I don't think it has a tag. I didn't see the tag when I went. So. God, it's tough with the Hemi cars too, because it's like, it is a Hemi car, you know? <laughs> and, and that's the thing, but. And I would pay, I would pay 30, 35 for it because I'm sure. going to keep it. It's yeah. cheaper. Mm-hmm. There ain't no meat to flip it at that point. Yeah. <clears throat> but the thing is, I mean, how many, how many four speeds are you going to come across? Man, especially in that color combination too. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, I've uh, came across zero. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely that. And see that those are the ones where it's like, yeah, if you're trying to flip the car, it's not a good deal. But if you're, if you, if you don't mm-hmm. care about the money, some people just, uh, uh, gosh, it it bothers me that, that that so many people don't understand that concept. That not everybody is trying to be. Just for an example, it's cliche, but um, Richard Rawlings. Nobody's trying to get a car for yeah. so cheap that they can flip every time. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and there's those there's those guys with money. Like I really wish that I could find out uh, how much 
um, the 5150 guys are actually paying for these cars because I'm like, they're pulling some stuff out where I'm like, they must be getting these for either really cheap or. Well, I've know, met him firsthand. So, I, I've met him at the Muscle Car Corporate Nationals. Troy must be ago. a billionaire. Did, Troy's got to be a billionaire. I did a, I did a sign for him. I sent you pictures of it yeah. just a little Beautiful bit ago. Sign. I sent you all those yeah. pictures. Yeah. And, uh, um, I, and they had two, they had a 60 and a 69, both Hemi four speed chargers at the show. Oops. And I, and I asked for, I didn't ask for the price. I, I try not to ask anybody what they bought a car for, Sure, but I asked for a ballpark and mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't give me one. Basically it was like between 25 and 100. It's like, well, that's a pretty broad ballpark. So wow. I, yeah. I, I understand, you know, and, we'll and that's his that business. Out. We'll cap it out and say it's probably a six figure car. <laughs> that's what, that's what I would assume. Well, the 68 Tim Wellborn told him not to do anything to it, but get it running. He wouldn't do anything to that car. Yeah. The 69 he told him to restore. I saw pictures of it. How how good is it in person? Because it's it looked... a great car. Yeah. 68 is okay. a great car. That's someone stole the shifter. Someone stole the shifter knob off it at the show. You're shitting me. What? Nope. What kind of a scumbag move is that? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I found that out. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't there for Sunday. I was only there for Saturday. And I had talked to him via messenger or something. And he said someone stole the shifter knob. So that's correct. Okay. Well, I just said what kind of scumbag would do that. This is a true story. When I was a kid, right? I would never do this to this day. So please don't judge me on this. When I was a kid, <laughs> my dad, my dad used to take me to the international auto shows with all the new cars. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was just a kid. I was probably, I mean, ballparking eight years old and i remember going i would sit in all the cars i could and i realized i got i don't even remember what the car was i got in one car and it was a manual transmission and i put my hand on the shifter thinking i was cool and it was loose and i was like (laughs) i unscrewed it and i was like huh i'm looking around i'm just a kid i pocketed that thing we went to that international auto show for god probably until i was 13 years old and every year up until about 11 I would take whatever was not bolted down that I could put in my little klepto pocket. And I feel I feel like an asshole telling the story now, but I was a kid. I didn't know any better. And at 11 years old, and this is ballpark again, I go in and I'm thinking, here we go again to the show. I'm going to add to my collection. I go in there, every manual transmission car, the shift knob was taken off. Now, either there was another klepto that started getting on. Maybe I was hitting him first before him. Or the show goes, hey, everybody take the shift knobs off the car because we got some moron in here that's stealing them. <laughs> Every year. <laughs> Here's the thing. I have the box of them somewhere. I don't know where it's got to be in my parents' storage or something. If I ever find it, I'll try to return all the shift knobs to the original cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll post an ad on Craigslist. I have numbers matching shift knobs. For, <laughs> for But to answer your question, I think, I think Troy's pretty well off. He sells insurance. Um very successful guy and from what okay. i've heard i think we have a couple of mutual friends oh. um he, he's paid very fair prices for these cars really back when so- mike yeah back when mike got his six-pack car he got the mm-hmm. one on ebay and i think he paid mid-30s low 30s for that one as well wow okay well troy's a very generous guy i, I yeah. will give him that he very genuine very down to earth um he he would took the time to show my son and the 5150 crew took my son around let him sit in the cars and, and talk awesome. to him about stuff I enjoyed that very much, and he uh, he was telling me because my buddy uh, Lusk Bill Ryan Lusk he's on mm. Lusk Bill on on Instagram, but he was asking him, "How do you do it?" And he's like, "Well, you want to start out, go to your bank and get a loan, sell the car before your first payment, you know." And Ryan's like, "Can't do it," <laughs> you know, and that's that's what he was saying. That's I think that's he was kind of alluding that maybe that's how he started on some of these bigger ticket items. 
I'm not, I can't speak for him, but that's kind of why I, I, how I felt it's coming across is that he would get a loan and then they would sell the car for a profit. And that gave them capital to get bigger and better cars until they got going really and, well. And that's exactly what I, I either. He was a millionaire or a billionaire or had a lot of money or he was just smart about how he did it. Now, I mean, you got to it's like that one show. I forget what it's called, but it's like the whole premise is trading up. Like you could do the same concept with a little bit of cash. You start off with small cars and just work your way up. You start thousand, then you go two, four, six, eight, twelve. You know, and it just it, it gradually gets up to the point where you can start being in the money. But it, you definitely have to go through the trenches unless you start off with a nice sum of cash. Which before I bought the Mister Norm truck, trust me, the ideas were going through my head, but I'm just not. I don't have the space. I don't have the talent to do some of the stuff I wanted to and the resources once I got the cars that I was looking at because I was like, oh, I think I could put that, but it would need this, this and this. And I, I, I realized really quick. I was like, no, nah, we're not getting in over our head again. I'm just not in. I'm just not in that mode. But I Troy is definitely somebody I want to get on the show because I want to pick his brain a little bit and just get because I mean, I loved the fact that he was giving away cars. I love that because I always said oh, if yeah. I. I, I always said if I made any type of money on this, I would love to be able to give one car away, one project car away a month. And then he goes, the Christmas time comes, and he does it. I'm like, well, there goes that idea. <laughs> he's the hero. Here's the oh. he's the hero now. And that was amazing. I thought it was. Awesome. I was I was a recipient. I was a recipient on that contest. So really? I won a $500 AMD gift card on that. Nice, oh, cool. nice. Oh, right on. You know, and just to echo that, like I've never met the guy. I've never talked to him. But we were, I guess, we were in the same one of the same Facebook posts and I was expressing interest in a particular car. He reached out to me and he had already invested the money to go look at the car, but he had passed on it because it had some hidden issues. This guy contacts me and discloses all this stuff to me and says, hey, he goes, I saw you're interested in this car. Be careful with this, this, and this. If you go, keep an eye out for this. You know, you don't get that nowadays. A lot of people may say, you know what, if I'm passing, yeah, just they'll, they'll keep it to themselves. But he was cool enough to share that information, and I really appreciate that. He's a he's a really cool guy. I like him. Yeah, I, I can't wait to get – I want to get him on the show, Tony on the show, and anybody else from Mopars5150 that wants to come on. Because um, I just think what they're doing is awesome. I would love to – like, yeah. you know, I call myself the Mopar Hunter. It's self-titled. But there, everybody here is a Mopar Hunter, and people like Troy are like the the, you know – yeah. boots on the ground guys yeah. and i'm just like hey yeah scouts <laughs> i mean yeah oh yeah i from what i understand too i i've heard and now i this is just me hearing rumors but i hear they're paid very well for what they do and i'm like hey you need one in the northwest i'm here troy just let me know i'll go look at some he, cars he, for you <laughs> he's expressed many times he'll pay a finder's fee um if you if it leads to a purchase and it's a and it's a legit whatever you say it is car so but back on that whole AMD thing, uh, if if you don't mind, uh, so I got that gift card. I submitted my 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 sixty second video for Instagram's video whatever re re restrictions, and I got in con as I won. I got in contact with AMD. Mm -hmm. I ordered him a message, and I said, "Hey, all the part numbers of the stuff I want, you know, in the video I use my charger." Uh, my charger is super rusty. My son's charger is way closer to being in paint, so I'd rather get parts for that. And in the video, I said how bad my floors were, and I bought another charger for the roof because mine's so rotten from being a vinyl top car, and on and on and on. And uh, everything I bought, I made sure to get under five hundred dollars, and nothing that would be shipped freight because that would cost extra. And I'm a 
broke Mopar guy, like most Mopar guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, so anyhow, uh, I get a message that uh, there'll be a freight delivery at my house and someone needs to be there. And I'm like, I didn't order anything freight. Uh, sure enough, I, you know, I accept. I tell them where I'm going to be. They sh- I get to my house and there's a semi in front of my house. So I had ordered a lower front valance for my son's car because his was beat to crap. I had ordered just battery tray, knickknacky underhood stuff, paint gasket kicks. We're trying to get it in paint. Just things like that. They sent a shirt and they sent a banner. They sent all sorts of stickers, keychains, stuff like that, which was way over the top. Anyhow, I was ecstatic for what I already got. They sent a full floor pan for my, my charger. Oh, I didn't even wow. ask for that. They added that on top of that. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was way, way above and beyond. Cool. Yeah. So that five hundred dollars gift card essentially became a thousand bucks. Plus they wow. they covered freight. Wow, that's, that's awesome, cool. dude. That's cool. Hey, you gifted them yeah. that really cool sign. So maybe that was just their way of saying, "Hey, dude, thanks a lot." You know, that's like well, that's Troy, a pay it forward had, type thing. He had just said something about always being positive or something. That so this guy deserves it, and I guess I don't know. So, and you know, I've I've said this before. I'm very fortunate that a lot of the Mopar guys I've run into locally, as far as buying parts and stuff, have been so generous to me based on the fact that I'm younger. And they're like, yes, we need to keep this hobby alive. I've gone to many uh, guys selling parts and they just hook me up and they're like, awesome. And, you know, cause I always tell them like, you know, when I started the podcast, it would be like, Hey, I don't know if you listen to podcasts. I don't even know if you know what they are, but here's my card. Check out my podcast. You know, if you like Mopars and stuff or uh, before I'd be like, uh, are you on Facebook? Some of them say yes. Some of them say no. I'd be like, I'm on Facebook. I have this page. If you like looking at Mopar stuff and you like old auto trader type style of things, this is like a modern day, you know, social media version of auto trader, but strictly for Mopars. And they, they'd be like, Oh wow. You're really into this stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an enthusiast. And they'd be like, Oh, you probably like this stuff over here. <laughs> like I get access to a bunch of stuff that I normally wouldn't get access to, but some of these people are so cool and they're just, not ever like we always get that it's that stigma of mopars like everything is expensive which a lot of it is let's be honest um but there are the enthusiasts that understand that it's like it's like a there's a brotherhood and you get hooked up sometimes from the right people and it's just i've been fortunate to meet some really cool people (laughs) you know all over even on the internet like it's just it blows my mind especially when i see all these people that are back to the price bashing stuff i'm like gosh maybe you've just had bad experiences i keep i see these comments like oh this is why i'm getting out of mopars and so i'm like really like (laughs) i i don't know i've just been more motivated to stay in it because i'm like okay one of these days i think it's a matter of time if you stay in the game long enough you will come across a good deal or something crazy and you're gonna be glad you stuck to it and that's just what i'm waiting for it kind of happened for me with the mr norm truck i had to pay for it but i also have been chasing that thing for six years (laughs) you know what i mean so it paid off for me. Um, it cost me some money, like I said, but the amount of happiness I get <laughs> just knowing that that happened for me, it, I can imagine that it's equivalent to somebody going, I want that roadrunner down the street that I've been eyeballing for you know 15 years and they finally get a chance at it. That's mm-hmm. the feeling I get when I look at that. I can't, it almost brought a tear to my eye the first night I had in my garage. I was like, I kept going out there and looking at it like, I cannot believe that I've come full circle like this because that I saw that truck. I would have to look at the exact dates, but it was either shortly before or shortly after I saw that truck was when I started the Mopar Hunter. And to think that, wow, I've been chasing the thing for that long. 
and to think of how long I've been doing it and how far I've come and how many people, how many cool people I've met because of it. It's just, I, I, anybody that bashes the community of Mopars, I don't get it. I, they just must not be, they might be just jerks and that's why they don't run across the cool people that I have. Oh. I, I don't know, but, uh, I, uh, well, I can I, say it being being muscle car across the board, it's not just Mopars. It's mm. shit, you know, GM, it's Ford, you know, Ford Motor Company, everything. It's there's everybody's got their group that's exactly the same. Yeah. So, and they each have their, I mean, obviously, Mopars, it's got more, I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's got the mystique and the flash of the colors and the engines and all that <laughs> stuff. And, you know, GM was like corporate brass yeah. suits and yeah. stuff like that. But, they all have their same people that do the same thing on every group I'm in, but yeah, it there's definitely a camaraderie, <clears throat> and it's like the I, the six degrees of separation is crazy with Mopars. The amount of people like Johnny Mopar that know everybody that know everybody, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it is pretty crazy. It's crazy that I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it's happened like more than one time where you just, you know, somebody that, you know, that knows somebody and it's like, man, it, I don't know. Yeah. It's a small world. It is. But, hey, you know, like, like Kevin Bacon. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like Johnny Mopar once went to a car show with Bob who's friends with this guy. <laughs> well, that guy that I, I do work for, he's uh, he's got a 71 uh, Curious Yellow Cuda, and it's a promo car. The the VIN's like uh, 100 Oh, wow. And um, the thing's loaded. It's, it's a legit two-fender tag car. Well, he had got it back in the 80s, and it had been painted black. And some guy had called I know some guy posted on, on a group on Facebook looking for a shaker trim. He wanted a, a, a original trim ring and he wanted original bubble. And Steve, the guy that I know had this stuff. So I said, Hey, this guy's looking for this stuff. Are you interested in selling? Well, they get to talking back and forth. And this dude's like, you're the guy that has that black Cuda with the louvers. And Steve's like, no, I have a yellow Cuda with louvers. It used to be black. He's like, yeah, I saw you at a gas station like in 1988, and I tried to turn around to come back and see it, and you were gone. But he, this guy, somehow figured this out just by talking to each other. Yeah, so that's how how deep that runs. Wow. Yeah, insane. Yeah. You know, I I got a crazy one for you too. It's kind of <laughs> so my buddy John Jones, right? You know that uh, that TV show Nash. I think it's called Nash Bridges, where he's yeah. in. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Cuda convertible. Well, my buddy John worked at some shop that put those cars together, or put the uh, the original, I, I guess the the main car, because they had like five or six of them, right? Mm -hmm. um, but he was telling me, he goes, "Yeah, the guy that he worked for was just like a slam bam, thank you, ma'am." And I guess the the quarter panels got replaced. They didn't cut the old quarter off. They just put the new quarter over the top of the old quarter or something like that. You know, it was like really shoddy, shoddy type stuff. But John was the guy that did that. And uh, I remember seeing it, I think, in Mopar Collector's Guide. Somebody had bought that car and was restoring it after the TV series was over with. And they were talking about how all this crappy work was done to the quarter panels. And I'm like... 
this it's freaking crazy like i know the guy that did that you know yeah yeah <laughs> so <That's funny>. <laughs> i have a question for everybody how much do you think the export 71 hemikuda going to indy is going to sell for millions well i mean i mean i want like a number my guesstimate is five million i just don't know if <sighs> this is a gunmetal gray one yes I missed out. I was that close to being in that collection. I missed out. That was with the 5150 wow. guys. They went to Tom Lembeck's house. Wow. I missed out because we went somewhere else, came back, and they were I was supposed to meet back and forth, and they were gone. They got invited to his house. So it, it's a real GA4 car? Yeah, it's a real a 71 export Hemi convertible four-speed. It went to France. That was the original owner bought it or ordered it and went to France. The one that the one that got hammered on in Seattle was what three million, three and a three point five, blue three and a half. Yeah, B five blue, B five blue. Yeah, it was, it was. I think it was three. I don't think it was three and a half, if I remember. I know it was. I, I know it was three or north of three because I remember going, "Holy shit, three million. Um, mm-hmm. That was two thousand fourteen. So here we've moved up, and now this is an export car. That was also a four speed car too. So, and I think this export one it has the rally dash too, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. The blue one didn't. If you add up all the rarity and you think about the time and the fact that a Hemi Cuda convertible. And it's all numbers matching. At least and the it's engine all, is. And it's all number. It's a numbers car, too. You're talking about the most sought after muscle car, probably across the entire board of muscle cars. Mm-hmm. I, 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 God, I'm right there with you, and I I, I think it's got to be five plus. I I I would I'm gonna go ahead and guess higher. I'm gonna say six and a half. I'm gonna guess six and a half. That's that's me being generous. But so it's it's going to auction. Yeah, Is it's that... going to Meekum Indy, I believe. Yeah, oh, Indy. Yeah. What what's the date on that? We should live podcast that. May. So that... It's like May twenty fourth or something like that. May twenty fourth. I'm writing that down. <laughs> well, I can look it up real quick. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna see if I can play that. I mean I'll probably get in trouble if I play it on the screen, but I could probably play it no, on it's, my it's TV May fourteenth. May fourteenth through the twenty second. I think that'll be a Saturday car. Mm. So yeah, it's gonna that's that's gonna be their Halo car probably for that whole event. They have they have some killer Mopars going across the block on that one. They really? also have a seventy one V code convertible going through, a seventy or seventy one V code convertible, a seventy I believe a seventy Hemi hardtop four speed going through. Um, hmm. can't remember. It's, yeah, there's been quite a few being posted lately of what's coming up in in May. That's that's a good show. Definitely some six figure cars there, but that that convertible. Let's uh, let's come up with some phrases to bash them for being so damn expensive. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta bash it in French though. I'm a a little bit scared that it's not gonna go north of north of three and a half. I don't think so. I'm a little bit worried, man. There there was uh, I think Meekum had the auction last week. A12s, restored ones, are going for about 55 60 Really? Wait, what? Yeah, two of them. Two, two A12 Roadrunners went last week for high 50s, low 60s. And they were, no. do, you, do, they, do you have details? Were they numbered? What was the? I think I think one of them was. Uh, okay. the, what I had read online was that a lot of people were pulling their cars out at the last second because there wasn't a huge turnout. So it could have definitely uh, been unique to that auction. 
but with and not to get political, but with this new infrastructure talk, electric vehicles, mm. I don't see these these muscle cars being looked at as investments much longer. Mm. So that concerns me a lot, and because of that, I don't think it'll go north of three and a half. So we've, got so. a, we've got a three and a half. We've got a five. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say six and a half because I think there's some guy who's got a lot of money and he's pissed off at COVID and he's probably a Republican. <laughs> he's a Republican. He's pissed that Biden's in. <laughs> I'm going to get political here. And he's got a bunch of money and he's like, I'm going to show them. I'm going to buy the most expensive Hemi Cuda. <laughs> and the, the color is what gets me. I don't know why, but I've been obsessed with GA4 for a minute now. It is. I love it. God, it is a beautiful color. This. Uh, I know there's a. It's being... Go ahead. I'll say it's being listed as the main attraction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's, so it's uh, one of three equipped with the A833. The only 71 Hemi convertible in Winchester Gray, exported to France, returned in 93, documented with original broadcast sheet, original French title, and copies of import documents, uh, matching numbers, matching numbers on the engine and transmission, 354 Dana, um, steering power brakes. Is it a survivor? Added. It, it, okay, okay. it is not a survivor. Okay. No, okay. That as far as been... goes, no. Okay, that that changes things a little bit for me. I love I'm, that color, man. Yeah. It's Winchester gray, dude. God, that is a beautiful color. Um, there was a six pack uh seventy one Charger RT that's been running around. Uh, I think it's Winchester gray, um, four speed car. I think if I remember right, that car. I was in love with that car. God, but uh, if it was a survivor, I would stay firm on my number. I'm still going to stay there because I already said it, but I, yeah, probably, I got, I just think that there's people that have money that saw what the other one went for and they're, ah, it's tough. Cause I agree that maybe people are looking at them as not investment cars, but I know that the people with that type of money don't give a shit <laughs> about well, that well, kind of need, stuff. We need Alan Lewenthal and Brett Torino to be competing against each other. <laughs> yeah. On that car. Yeah. God. Hey, Blake, you got some messages uh, from Kurt. I like this. I like this one. Like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Kurt. Is Blake mechanics only? Hmm. I'm I'm not sure I quite understand. Is like, do I only do mechanics or? Maybe he's making a play on fan uh, only fans. Maybe there's <laughs> maybe Blake's gonna start a mechanics only page. Four ninety nine subscription. <laughs> I think he's asking if you are a like a shop and you just do mechanic work. No, no, this is uh, my sideline for the time being. Um, so I am a uh, full time. I am a mechanical engineer. And I work in uh, chemical production industry. So. Um, that's, that's what I do as a day job. Um, this is what I do because I love it. Um, so he needs a paint job. <laughs> he needs a paint job. Oh, that's where <laughs> it's DIY Hemi, not DIY paint, buddy. <laughs> hey, Kurt, if you really want to jump on, I'm going to be on here for a little bit longer. I know we're going long, but screw it. If you got, Hey, if you guys got other stuff to do and you want to take off, go ahead. I actually, yeah. I've been drinking a little bit, so I'm going to hang out for a little bit longer. <laughs> um, you too? 
I'm gonna pound. <laughs> I, only brought four, I only brought four beers down. I, <laughs> I'm gonna well, I, pound, but I was gonna ask Blake if I don't know if your camera is very mobile, but it'd be kind of cool to see that CUDA behind you. I've been wanting yeah, to I talk to him a little bit about that. Yeah, I have it. Uh, I have it's a, a USB uh, <laughs> camera here. I have clipped to the monitor. So let's see. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've been sitting underneath. Um, so I actually have the, you know, I just pulled the K from the bottom because I didn't want to scratch any of the paint. Uh, try to keep it pretty consistent. There's the 340 that came out of it. Let's see, we got, there's the 318. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's my car. Nice. Chilling. What's the time frame on the CUDA build, Blake? Um, really? Um, so the actual swap is only, only takes about 40 hours to complete. Mm -hmm. Um, but because we are documenting the tar out of it and we're doing our full video series, really the video series we're doing for it's going to apply for A, B, and E body. So, you know, we're doing a sequential video series on YouTube, you know, just walking people through step by step. We get a lot, a lot of questions that are repetitive uh, through our website. And it's like, hey, I want to swap... Uh, I want to swap a, a dart or a duster or I want to swap a cuda, you know, what do I need? And like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, man, it's, you know, we get the question so much, yeah. it's just easier to have a video and say, like, yeah. just go watch this video and it, it'll iron everything out for you. So uh, we get a lot of that. So that's what takes time. So it took, I think, going slow. The whole job was actually not just this car. So uh, I don't know if you follow along with the series, but basically we had a, a friend of ours, a client, a local car guy. He had a pretty nice collection. He brand new bought um, in 2005 or six, he bought an SRT8 charger with the 6.1 and he kept it all this time, babied it. His son drove it a little while. And then he had this car, this pink one he actually built for his daughter uh, in California. So his brother lives in California and he would fly in for a week at a time and they would just have all the parts stacked up and they would just work on the car for a week at a time. And they did that over the course of a, a few uh, years, I think like two years, three years, something like that. And they built this car and it was actually a featured car in uh, Mopar Action, I believe, at some oh, time. Really? Huh. So when the car was done, uh, because it was for his daughter, uh, who was in high school at the time, he flew his daughter out to California to meet his brother, so her uncle, and they drove the car from Cali all the way to Baton Rouge, to Louisiana. Um, so it's it's a pretty cool car. You know, it's pretty sweet. It's an older restoration. Um, well, anyway, he had this car, and it needed a refresh because the – the 340 was, if you ask me, I think uh, a combination of things. I think the timing was a bit off. I think the carburetor was not jetted just right. And I think the camshaft in it was a little too big uh, for the 340. It sounds like a bat out of hell amazing, but it falls on its face. I mean, it can't get out of it. 
you know, when I'd driven it, it, it couldn't get out of its own way. So it's kind of all bark and no bite. Um, so I needed the refresh and he said, look, you know, I want to do this late model Hemi swap and he was looking for a 6.4, but he really loved the way the intake and everything looked on the 6.1. And 6.1s for some reason, they still command a pretty high price. They don't make them anymore. Um, you know, people just love aesthetically how they look with that aluminum intake manifold. And uh, he said, well, man, you know, six ones go for just as much, if not more than a six four. I can't find a six four for a decent price. I really can't find a six one for anything, you know, less than five or six grand, you know, but he had this 06 charger. And I mean, this thing didn't, like, it didn't even have creases in the seats, like the two-tone suede and leather, all that was in great shape. And uh, he says, well, let me look at the book value of this car. And the book value on those earlier SRT8 chargers trade-in is like 6700 you know. Eight, wow. Eight, it's very low. And that car was immaculate. He had, he knew all the maintenance on it, and he, he really took care of it. Uh, I had 95, 96,000 miles on it. So he just looked at it, and he said, well, you know, instead of paying seven grand for a 6-1 that I know nothing about, um, what if I just take the six one out of this car that I have in my collection and then sell the body? And that's what he did. Um, as soon as we pulled the six one, that was part of the package, right? We had to pull the six one out of the charger, but leave the body as undisturbed as possible for the new buyer. Uh, this new buyer had a couple engines laying around, but no car. So I think he paid like 3,500 for the body which is really a steal because of how clean it was. Um, and so really he's in this six one for like three grand. If you think of it that wow. way, I mean, yeah. wow. financially awesome. it makes a lot of sense, you know? So uh, it was, it was the right way to go. And plus he knew that it was a well-maintained engine because he was the only owner. Yeah. So we had four hours in that, just being really meticulous, pulling the 6-1 out of that car. Bid 40 hours on this, but it's really going to take us like, I'd say about a month, month and a half, because we like film everything. So we get all the parts lined up, you know, get the shoot, make sure we have all the information that we want to communicate. And, you know, having a full-time job, you know, we do this after hours. So I'd say typically four nights a week, um, I put my kids down around 7 30, 8 p.m. and I'm in here till about 1 30 in the morning and then wake up at wow. five. So it's You're hardcore, man. It's a hustle, man. But hey, that's the grind. My, my dad and I, I can tell you right now, we thank you for those videos because we've honestly been considering something to put a 392 Hemi in. So we thank you for your what you offer mm -hmm. to the community and we thank you for the videos. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, that's what it's about, you know. Our website started out as just a resource. I mean, I came background, and I've said this many times, is years and years ago. I was always a Mopar guy, but all the speed shops around here were GM and one Ford. Um, I was in the early, early stages of the LS swap movement. So I got to see that whole market unfold and learn how easy it was. And nobody did that for the Mopar. So we really started out just, we just wanted to help you know people say hey look it's very easy it's very doable it's not um you know all mystic 
you know, confusion and, and really complex like some people are making it out to be. It's really not. It's, I mean, in concept, it is identical to the LS, like identical, like all the provisions you have to take and what you have to do, it's, it's identical, but it just makes more power. Um, so that, that's my, my opinion. But anyway, it started out as that. And uh, my friends and I, uh, we really got to looking at it and we said, you know, this needs to be bigger than this. You know, it needs to, it needs to be more. And that's when we started developing swap components. And like right now, we just got, as I was talking about earlier, you know, so actually I had to, you know, get to the drawing board and physically design, you know, do all the engineering diagrams, stuff that I do at work. But we've now converted into, you know, full swap harness. So the LS guys have been having standalone harnesses that you could get for 450 bucks for almost a decade, you know, why does it cost 2000 for a Hemi? You know, it, I don't know. So it's one of those things. We really just want to help first and foremost. I think that's kind of like our mantra, Hemi swap the world. Like we, we really want to see that become a thing. And, um, you know, offering products to help that along just seemed like the right way to go. Yeah. Blake is a, a legend in the making. I'm telling you this. Guy, I'm telling. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to polish your knob, dude. I'm telling you <laughs> that. Uh, I'm telling you, people are going to be like, "Hey, DIY Hemi was in it from the beginning," and it the Hemi swap movement has come such a long way because of innovators like yourself, dude. So yeah, I definitely um, second that sentiment. Like, good job, Blake. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> You're doing I great, man. I hope it keeps going. I, I, man, the, what we're seeing in the, the demand of the website and I mean, it's, it's like a continual bleep of hits. Like my phone's constantly going off, bling, bling, mm-hmm. you know, so-and-so from Colorado's on your website, you know, cause it, it'll mm-hmm. give um, generic coordinates. Like it'll say when someone logs on our website, you know, what area, like, Hey, you have someone from Albuquerque, New Mexico. It doesn't give names or anything, but you know, general cities. So, I mean, we are seeing, you know, crazy stuff, Scandinavia, Australia, <laughs> like just uh, a lot of action in like up in like Norway and stuff, believe it or not. It's crazy. Uh, Sweden, just crazy stuff. And it's just so awesome to see this thing kind of go global. It's, yeah, I continually amazed. And some people ask me, they're like, hey, are you getting mad that Holly is starting to put out all this Hemi swap stuff? I'm like, oh, no, not at all. <laughs> you know, the way I look at it is the more parts are out there, the more availability there for people to do the swaps, you know? And it's kind of like competition makes the market better. So, you know, that uh, that competition, we've seen some really good parts. So, like, their new oil pan, Holly's oil pan, I'm trying to get my hands on because uh, it just looks like a very well-designed part. And I want to see you know, what it's made out of. I want to test it. So um, I don't get upset with anyone joining the game more than merrier. I agree 100%. <laughs> I looked yeah. at that oil pan and it, it's aluminum, which is kind of a little concerning to me, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, aluminum shreds, it doesn't dent. You know? That's that's right. That's right. You, They have their ups and downs, you know. So well, I'm just really impressed that they put that much effort into it i love the stamped pans i mean we've been using the mylodons for years and i've said this before without them making that first swap pan uh, 
in, in mass producing that first swap pan, hemi swaps couldn't be what they are today because they would have no provision to put it in an older car, really, unless you had maybe an aftermarket phone number. Um, so it's just like you said, you know, a stamped pan like that, it can dent and take a hit and keep on ticking, right? Um, a cast aluminum pan, yeah, it's, it's, it's firmer, it's brittle. Uh, if you hit something in the road with a lower hanging oil pan, you could catastrophically damage it. You could, you know, shatter it. It's, you know, more, more brittle. But what's also a positive of it is you have a really rigid flange that bolts to the engine block. So mm -hmm. with a stamp pan, you get some deflection, right? So right. it's easier for a stamped pan to leak than a cast pan, you know, when you're talking about that. Um, so they have their pros and cons. Yeah. Well, guys, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna bounce. All right, Johnny, get the hell out of here. Johnny. All right, <laughs> hey, we will hey, see you guys. Hey, hey tell everybody where can they can ask? find your stuff, Johnny. Can Can you oh, hear me? Head out. We can. Hold on one second. Okay. Johnny, uh, tell us where we can find your stuff. Mainly on YouTube, Johnny Mopar, but I'm also on Instagram. No space between the Johnny Mopar and on Facebook, Johnny Mopar with a space. Johnny with no H. Let's not forget <laughs> no that. No H. That's right. <laughs> the H guy's right there. Yeah. Right there in the Don't middle. Don't make him change his name. <laughs> I like that. He doesn't have to change his name. I'm good. I like Johnny with no, an H. Uh, no, I'll like be honest. I hate getting all these friend requests sometimes. I'm that asshole that always denies them. So I'll change it. <laughs> I've been getting an influx of them. I'm like, where the hell are these people figuring out who the hell I am? What's going on here? My <laughs> wife's getting creeped out, though. She's like, hey, some people are liking. I've never heard of this guy. And he's liking pictures of your daughter. And I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be a problem. So I'm about to wipe my Facebook of all my personal stuff here in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that yeah, wasn't weird, me. Man. It gets weird. Like, <laughs> no. Friend requests, like, get weird. They, they're starting to get really weird for me. And they just, over the past week, I've never been hit so hard. And I'm like, where, what did I post that is getting attention to my personal stuff? So I got to, I got to figure it out and I got to put a kibosh on it here because if my wife's getting worried, then I need to, you know, it's uh, one of those things where it's like, I'm not very hard to find. So I got to figure something out there. So um, it's going to get turned into uh, either I'm going to wipe everything out. And then just only have people that I know on a personal level, or I have to wipe my family stuff off of that because it's like, you know, it's personal stuff anyway. So it's like, eh, you know, yeah, but right. anyways, all right, Johnny, we won't keep you around. You've got Mopars right, to buy for a dollar. So get out of here. Right. <laughs> all right, guys. See you, Johnny. All right, brother. See you, later. See you later, man. Later, brother. All right, brother. You're up. What's up? All right. Thanks. Uh, simple question. I'm looking for a paint job. I live okay. in a, a little town called uh, Fox Crossing. It's kind of by Appleton. Uh, I, I've got all the bodywork done, and the, it's just ready to spray. And it's really just an an outdoor uh, or outer paint job. The mm -hmm. floors are done, the uh, door wells, everything. So I'm getting quotes of five grand from these people to just spray the outside of the car. I what state are you in? Hot. I'm in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. It's not outside the realm, only because a painter's paint job is only as good as the foundation, and they're going to have to do a little bit of whatever to to uh, 
ensure that their job comes out well is that adhesion promotion things of that nature anything they're gonna they might have yeah. to touch up so and, the, and the materials are astronomical the, right now anyhow yeah, yeah sure i had the body work finished up all new panels welded in and everything uh bonded primer i used bonded bonding primer over the top um reason for that was that i had three different layers of um uh, whatever you want to call it uh to paint on i had bare metal i had original paint and primer so okay. i had to kind of use like an epoxy on together what's that so you use like an epoxy primer over your for your base yeah some bonding primer that yeah something that'll I, stick to everything essentially yeah mm -hmm. pretty much so i don't want it coming apart six months you know i've done that this before for a, before this for a 71 b body what's that this for a 71 roadrunner yep yeah my dad got his done i want to say about four or five years ago and it was about roughly what you're saying about five or six thousand and no sense and materials have gotten quite a bit more expensive so that's yeah, like a fair like, price that's seen thousand bucks around now. here that's yeah. cheap it seems cheap yeah. around here too uh one of the guys that was in the chat earlier his name's kyle um i went up to his house to buy some parts and we're we're buddies and he does body work and paint on the side and does restorations for people and he's doing a 70 roadrunner right now that it's vitamin c it's a beautiful car and i got mm -hmm. to see it when it was midway through body work and i mean you're talking about a guy who does the blocking like five or six times and his paint jobs are flawless and i don't really like asking guys what they charge so i didn't ask him that but he told me how much in materials alone he uses because he doesn't use bf he uses top of shelf top of the line stuff he told me he had well over six thousand dollars in just what i was looking at wow. and the car wasn't even painted yet it was just blocked mm -hmm. out and the countless amount of hours like i do know the figure of what he's charging to or ballpark of what he's charging and i seeing the work and what he had to go through to get the body perfect before he laid a single ounce of paint on that car uh, i understand why paint jobs are so expensive but just yeah. knowing that he spent over six thousand in materials and i if, if i remember right the number was six thousand it could have been nine thousand for all i know but i know it was well mm -hmm. over six thousand and i was just like holy you know so i mean yeah. it depends what are you going for are you going for a full out show car are you looking for a daily you know that has a lot to do with it because if i'm looking well, for just something to drive i'm going to the yeah. cheapest body shop i can like well it's not a show car so i don't need a ten thousand dollar paint job on it you know what i mean i, I do want it to look i guess stock i want it to be back to y1 okay um the what is that top Adana for plymouth or is that the other way around lemon twist um yeah yeah lemon twist uh would like to keep that but like i said all the hard parts are already painted with the factory paint there's no rust really on it so um yeah so and it's got a white vinyl top or white vinyl canopy top and i'm and and don't i'm not saying i do have this but from what i'm understanding i it may be a one of one ever built because it's an air grabber white canopy top white interior 340 car um 
I I haven't heard anything from anybody. Nobody's ever seen one. Looked all over the internet. Not that that says anything, but I'm really kind of crossing my fingers that would be something. But we'll we'll wait and see. I guess. Is this a car that you're gonna flip, or one that's for you personally? No, it's mine. It'll never leave my house. Uh, then I never. I would I would find I would you know if you have to save some money just to get it done 100% right. And as far as the one of one thing, if it was my car and I was really interested in documenting it, like, cause I, I mean, that's really cool. If you have a one of one, you definitely want to be able to verify that. So I would reach out to guys like Dave wise and see if, yeah. and see what it would cost for him to come out and actually verify the car. Cause at that point, if you can verify the car, then I would say, don't put a $5,000 paint job on it. You're going to want to say if it takes you five to 10 years to save the money, because in the end, it's, that car is going to, it's a very special car if it's one of one. So you want to make sure you don't, you don't half-ass it, you know. And I say that, you know, obviously just to say it, but. I was going to ask you guys too. Now I know a little bit of what they do, but it seems like everybody's got a different formula for coming up with one of one. I mean, it, I know the big things are the motor, the color, interior, uh, maybe air grabber stuff like that but then you get into my canopy top that's white which is a rare one anyway not not a lot of cars came with the white so and a, a straight delete so i don't know <laughs> i'm not 100 they... sure how i know it boils down to percentages of options on yeah uh, on that given uh model and that's yep. just from reading. I don't. I can't tell you that 100%. I'm not like a Dave Weiss or, so, or whoever. So, yeah, my understanding is so that's how it was documented. Times percentages. Mm. I don't think there's exact numbers there's for. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. So, so it's documented based on percentages, my understanding. And then that even that documentation, there was a big fire at Chrysler where it burned a lot of documentation down. Um, so the troves and troves of these banker boxes and documentation, it went up in smoke. So, I mean, you have people with really, really good experience and, you know, have seen a great deal, but I don't think you'll ever get that like 100% verification. This is one of X type stuff, you know? Yeah. Unless it's an ultra low production. Um, I was, I, you know, I don't know if you'll find a 71 Roadrunner, uh, registry. I was going to say a registry. Yeah. Yeah. Go through and just, and that's not going to be exacting, but you can go through and see how many cars on the registry are FY1. And if any of them have a white top, white interior, that's what I had to do. He disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) I was saying, that's what I had to do with my charger. It's B7 blue, white top, white interior. And it's the only one on the registry that way as of right now. Wow. So, and I don't mean it's the only one built. It's just as of right now, it's the only one that's built up that way on the registry. Uh, with one of with one of one stuff, it's just it's so tough. Um, anytime I like uh, the guys with the the um, the red Superbird, that was a that was one that was very very controversial, and they proved it. They had Dave come out and verify the car, and there it is because everybody was calling BS on it, and I was. I was actually one of those people because I, I really swore, yeah I was one of them because I thought and I'm, I still do I think Don Gartless has one in his museum really? and I remember I remember one at Carlisle about four years ago 
maybe wow. five years ago, and I was trying to look up old photo albums that I uh-huh. seen online. Yeah. The right right hand, I, I could have sworn I've seen a red one before. Wow. It's not two. Wow. That's correct. So, yeah, so, I mean, gosh, it, it, like Blake was saying, though, I, I've heard of the documents going up in smoke, and I, I, it's just so hard. And and when you get to one of one, at least it's a it's a roadrunner, you know what I mean? That's a little bit more special, because I'm sure there's some dart out there that's one of one with some sort of special, you know, so special order or something like that. But, I mean, the car sounds cool. I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of one, or at least one of really low production. And I get a lot of people that reach out to me, and I say a lot, probably a handful of people in five years that have reached out to me to try to break something down of how rare their car is and every time i've tried to do any research it always comes down to oh well this amount were produced this amount of four speeds this amount of whatever engine combination but once you it seems like once you start getting into the colors and really specific stuff there's no documentation of you know how many came you know with a stripe delete things like that um because i don't think that if a car came through special order that they put it on some special list, like, oh, in case this ever comes up and down the line, at, le- at least that I know of, I could be completely wrong. But if I, if I was him, I would definitely reach out to as many resources as possible that specialize in those 71 plus cars. Um, and then like the, the experts is pretty much where you're going to get your most reliable information from. Um, but as far as painting, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but if, if it's, if it is as rare he says and he's gonna keep it i would say invest the money in it you know what i mean especially if you're planning on showing it or something um yeah five thousand seems cheap for a really good paint job that's just my opinion in my yeah, five thousand dollars you figure fifty dollars at a hundred hours you know that's that's a cheap that's yeah, a cheap shop that's right. cheap that is cheap and yeah with no materials so, yeah. Yeah. so that's yeah, uh that's probably gonna run him at least 2500 uh, speaking oh, of kind of bouncing back to what he was saying you know we're talking about the one of whatever's you know just like you were talking about uh with the wing car finding that red one and you know people were swearing that it didn't exist or or something like that i have a story um so my last 70 was an fy4 car so it was that citron mess that gold color right and i was doing kind of like an aar tribute with the gen 3 and um, so I really kind of got into the AAR registry, just like y'all were saying, um, you know, wanting to know, you know, what were frequent options? What if I went back with the original color on the car? Like, I wanted to see what it would look like with the AAR combination. And the, the registry had zero, you know, it was like the rarest AAR color out there. There were zero documented cases of, it, of a, an AAR being in that color. They had several of the TA challengers in that color. Um, but I couldn't find a picture of anything. And this went on for years. So I sold that car, uh, didn't finish it because I had an opportunity to buy you know, the AAR I have now. So, you know, now that I had this car, I'm like, okay, I have a, a six barrel car. Like I really want to kind of do some research on that. So I participated in a lot of the, the group pages for it a little bit more closely, uh, just soaking up as much information as I could. And after two years, uh well i say i was on the page for two years maybe more active in it in the last year or so but after being on that page for so long this woman posts up and says hey you know just join this page my husband and i have an aar and uh you know here's our, our uh, fender tag
All right, my friends, that's it. That was part two. I know it wasn't the whole episode. 18 minutes are missing, but if you have to see or watch those 18 minutes, all you have to do is go to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter on Facebook and find the Talking Mopars Direct Connections live number three video, and you can catch those last 18 minutes over there. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you to everybody who joined me in the chat and on the show. It was a blast as usual. I can't wait to do it again. As a matter of fact, we're doing another one tonight at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you are listening to this on Friday, you will get another live stream tonight. Once again, April 9th at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We will be going live again from the Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter Facebook page. Hope to see you there. Join us in the chat. All right? That's it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars Direct Connections Live is in the books. For more information about this podcast, please visit TalkingMopars.com. You can also buy some merch from the Talking Mopars merch shop, which you will also find on the website. And if you have any questions, comments, complaints, concerns, or anything else on your Mopar addicted mind, including your Mopar stories, you can send them to me, Chris at TalkingMopars.com, or even leave me a voice message on my voice mailbox at 209 28 Mopart to hear your message on the show. That's all, folks. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars Direct Connections Live. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember no Mopar left behind.